Blog Talk Radio. The legacy was built long before you came here. Opponents were crushed. Legends were made. The sun rises on a new order. Your name is destined to join the proud legions of those who came before you. For that honor, you will sweat. You will bleed. You will not fail. Uphold the legacy. Let nothing stand in your way. Full speed ahead. The Miami Hurricanes and the Louisville Cardinals going full speed ahead into Orlando for a sexy bowl matchup on December 28th. For an appetizer to the BCS and national title games that will follow it, this matchup has enough drama to fill a miniseries. You have Teddy Bridgewater, the Louisville quarterback who once was a Miami commit at a Miami Northwestern High, who likely will now be playing his last collegiate game against the Hurricanes. Louisville coach Charlie Strong is almost certain to use that as a rallying point to supercharge his Cardinals for a big effort on the 28th. Just as Miami thought that it had heard the last of the NCAA investigation, now the presence of Clint Hurt in this game as Louisville's defensive line coach promises to reawaken all the talk of the Nevin Shapiro fiasco. You have recruiting implications with Louisville now coming into the ACC and wanting to establish a level of respect with conference mainstays like Miami. Even without the lure of the ACC, the Cardinals have been one of Miami's biggest pains in the butts in recruiting in the Al Golden era. So it'll be the Canes and the Cardinals facing off on the 28th in a game that's sure to be exciting for everybody. And remember, just one thing, only one team gets to go to Disney World. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines tonight, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number, 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. On a program note, we're going to have one more Kane Sport Live show next Tuesday night to talk more about the bowl game and any updates in recruiting. And then we're going to take a break for the holidays, and we'll wait until after the bowl game for our next show from there. Over the past 24 hours, we've asked Kane Sport subscribers, as usual, to identify some of the topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. Is Louisville a paper tiger, or are the Cardinals true to their 11-1 one-loss record? The only loss coming in a tight game with Central Florida, which is in the Fiesta Bowl this year. How much better would the defense look if the offense was more of a ball control unit and did better with time of possession? Miami's a boom or bust offense this year, and it's been struggling on third downs. How much has that hurt the defense? Can Miami win 10 games again next year with Ryan Williams or Gray Crow at quarterback? 
or even one of the freshmen. How's the running back situation looking for next year? You know, you got Duke Johnson coming off an injury, and now Joseph Yearby, one of the key recruits, has also broken his ankle. Um, who's going to be playing running back for the Hurricanes next year? How deep will Miami be at that position? And I'm sure you're not going to be surprised by this, but people are hardly tired of talking about the Hurricane defense. They want to know if Miami's going to change its defensive scheme for the bowl game. Are there any signs that Al Golden will be making any coaching changes on the defensive side of the ball? How much input does Golden have on the defensive schemes? What do I mean personally when I say that the defensive problems that Miami has had are not the blame of one man and that you cannot scapegoat defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio and think that all these problems are going to go away? Recruiting front. Will Booker T. Washington State Championship increase recruiting effort, uh, recruiting interest rather, at the school and make it tougher for the Canes to hang on to the three committed Booker T. guys? Those of you that follow recruiting on our site and in general know all about the drama involving Demetrius Jackson this past week with him decommitting from Miami with intentions to go visit Arkansas and Louisville and possibly other schools and then in a span of 12 hours reversing course and saying no. He is still committed to Miami now, and he is shutting down recruiting. Uh, We'll talk about that um, tonight. Um, People want to know, do recruits ever comment about Miami's defensive problems, and how is it affecting the recruitment of elite players? Um, um, Why is Kane Sports so confident on J.C. Jackson, the Immokalee DB, who's going to visit this weekend? And why doesn't Michael Weish have a better star ranking than three-star. He's 6'3", 330, with insane weight room numbers. A Juco kid who's going to come in and likely start immediately next year. In the meantime, as I speak and begin the show, Urban Meyer is in the home of Palm Beach Dwyer receiver Johnny Dixon, a huge priority this year in recruiting. Dixon was supposed to announce two days ago where he would be attending college, and our sources tell us that that announcement was going to be for Ohio State. But Dixon canceled that announcement on Sunday afternoon after a weekend visit to Coral Gables. Now Meyer takes the in-home, and nobody knows where it's all going. Will the Buckeyes remain at the top of Johnny Dixon's list, or have the Hurricanes made up enough ground to hold off that announcement and possibly turn the tide and turn Johnny Dixon into a hurricane? That would be a huge get. Also this past week, twined in the dramatic recruitment of Miami Central's Dalvin Cook, who's believed to be picking between FSU and Miami. We still think the Seminoles hold a slight lead right now, but that's good news, Canes Nation, because as of a week ago, we would have called it a big lead. Um, Those of you that are on Canes Sport know that we even spoke this week to Dalvin Cook's grandmother, and if you haven't read that story yet, make sure you do, because um, she's a hoot. Um, At 9 o'clock tonight, we're going to bring in our friend of the show, Keenan Codrington, the Southeast recruiting analyst for Rivals.com, and he'll give us some updates on what he's been hearing out there on the recruiting trails and join in on the conversation uh, involving recruiting. But for now, um, let's jump right into your phone calls. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. And we are going to begin tonight in the 504, which I believe is Louisiana. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? How you been? Rolling. Called you last week. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Roland? How you been? Oh, you have a good week? Good, man. Oh, great week, man. Great we week. We had a good week, great too. Week. We had a really good week. Did you? It's, okay. Yeah, okay. it's fun diving into this recruiting stuff. It's, you know, nah, exciting. It's, it's great. 
couple of things, man, I want to bring up. Man, I hate to admit it, but it's a rap with Leonard Fournette. Uh, no, it's not Miami. No, I hate to admit it. No, it's not. It's a, no, it's a done, done deal. That's not how <laughs> I hate it that he's going to LSU, but it is. It's, but uh, um, it's a number of points I want to bring up, and especially just my, my, my conversation wanted to be just based on recruiting and defense. But uh, it's Dalvin Cook situation, and um, what's other guy, uh, Johnny Dixon, uh, what's the deal with the Dalvin Cook? Because it's everywhere. It's like, you know, putting him going to Florida, Florida State, and I have visited LSU. Um, I don't know if you saw, I don't, well, I'm pretty sure you you noticed um, about Mac, Mac Brown. I know this is all Canes, and I'm going to want it to be Canes, but Mac Brown stepping down. Can you believe, Gary, that they're talking about giving Nick Saban a $10 to $100 million deal? Well, you know, Nick Saban. $100 million deal. <laughs> it's going to be Think interesting to see if he turns. It's going to be interesting to see if he turns it down. You know, but but I will say Turn this: any school <laughs> that Nick Saban goes to is going to be contending every year for the national title because he's not going to a school where he can't do that. So um, if he stays at Alabama, they're going to be contending every year for the national title. If he goes to Texas, it might take him a year or two to get the roster right, the way it did at Alabama, but they'll be contending for the national title. So is that worth $10 million a year? You know, I'm not an athletic director who is adding up the dollar figures of what these championships mean, but my guess is it probably is worth an extra 4 or $5 yeah. million dollars a year. You know? Yeah, yeah you're right about that. You, you uh Definitely right about that. I mean, it's um, guaranteed, right? He did it at LSU. He did it at Bama. Um, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good bet. Yeah, I mean, he did, he did well at Michigan State. He, he couldn't get Michigan State to the national title game because you can't recruit at Michigan State the way you can recruit at LSU and Alabama. But, um, yeah. I mean, at Texas, you can, you can just – I mean, you can own that state if you want. And then, um, you, you know, you're sexy enough with Nick Saban there to go out around the country and bring guys to Austin. I mean, it's a great college town, uh, you know, great school. So um, you're almost as close to guaranteed as you could possibly want to be um, if you're able to hire Nick Saban in your Texas. That's true. And uh, I just got two other questions. What's going on with uh, uh, Bo Scoreball? Because I mean, we we gotta get some backs in. We need some running backs. But uh, I don't. I don't have any updates on that right now. No, no um, updates on Bo right now. You know, I think they're still trying to get him to visit, probably in January. Um, you know, he's not been to campus yet. Um, I do think that Alabama has been doing a better job there lately, and has um, certainly picked up its efforts to try to secure the you know its its commitment that's already in hand. Um, so we'll see. You know. I think it's it's still status quo. No no new developments there. And my last question is, uh, Gary, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that Michigan State um, Ohio State game, but I watched that Michigan State defense. Let me tell you, they were playing man to man press coverage. Um, those guys were physical. Those guys were. Those were I mean, it, that defense was a beast. And you got you got to you got to you got to really give it up to coaching, man. Coaching makes a huge difference and. I'm not saying that, that that well. You know what? When you look look at the star rankings, that's all relative. But I, I'm not saying if, if the Michigan State coaching staff, defense staff was here, there'd be a big, a big difference. But it it, it it would definitely be something different because um, that defense was a monster. They were physical. The corners were aggressive. I mean, great fundamentals. 
and you just look. I looked at Michigan State defense. I watched that just that defense. I looked at the first four. Looked at the the corners and the safeties. Everybody in the right position. And I looked at. I watched one of our games, and I just said, "Man, it is it's a big difference, man." Between between and it's coaching, Gary. It's it's coaching, you know, and and players too. But I mean, they they got two star, three star guys. And these guys are playing like they're four or five stars. So, I mean, how do you explain that? You know, I think it's beyond stars. Uh, you know, we've talked so much about defense on this show all all year, and, and yeah. you know, I've tried to be on. I try, I've tried to be honest with everybody. I, I don't see a lot of talent on the defensive side of the yeah. ball for Miami. I really don't. You know, so you know, I, I do think the coaching obviously could be better. Uh, yeah, I think that they're selection of recruits needs to be better. I think their development of players can be better. Um, I certainly think that their preparation for games during weeks can be better. Um, and then we get to the schemes that are being used on game day, and um, obviously those can be better too. So, um, yes, it's a total mess on the defensive side of the ball. Does that mean that the only way to solve that problem is to fire everybody and start over again? Um, I don't really have that answer. You know, I, I feel strongly. You get to pick and choose. I'm not saying get rid of the whole staff. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, I think it's a choice. Do you do nothing? Do you pick and choose? Or do you replace the entire defensive staff? I mean, those are basically your three choices. But the thing that I personally feel very strongly about is you don't just scapegoat Mark D'Onofrio and think everything's fixed because it won't be. I agree. I totally agree. You got to make an assessment, but you got to act quickly, swiftly. You can't just let your thing Well, you say quickly, but you still have a bowl game, Roland. You still have a bowl game. I agree. And and I these agree. guys have been these guys have been there for three years and coached year round and and worked their butts off and never gotten to go to a bowl game. And if you're Al Golden, there is no way in the world, even if you're going to make changes, there's no way in the world you're taking this bowl game away from those guys. Oh, yeah, and, and I don't, and I think that's the right thing to do. And I'm also personally not convinced he's going to make changes. You know, I don't know if he is or not. Wow. wow. Okay. Well, Gary, can you keep me on? I know you got a bunch of other calls calling in. And, uh, man, I appreciate you doing a uh, hell of a yeah. job, man. You do. No problem. You want, so, you, yeah. so you want me to keep – you want to stay on hold? Yeah. Yeah, if you can. All right, Roland. I appreciate it. Not a, right, thanks, not a problem. Hey, thanks as always for calling. Uh, hope we'll hear from you again uh, next week. All right, let's go now to the um, 850. I believe that is Tallahassee. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Must have been Jameis Winston already polishing up his Heisman. All right, let's go now to the uh, 240, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, D Black 21. I called last week. I was the first time caller. All right, D Black. Glad you uh, rejoined us. Uh, no problem. Um, just a few questions, Gary. Why it seems like all these South Florida, they always say they grew up watching Miami, they love Miami, but they always leave our beloved hurricane to make another team, another state, another city a powerhouse instead of staying home and being heroes like a lot of the other past came players did. They and build up your team. And this is the team. This is your team, and this is the team that you grew up loving. And you got opportunity to come and be one of the main reasons we get back to national prominence and dominance 
why leave? Why not? Why not jump on that opportunity? Can you answer that for me? Um, if I'm going to answer it honestly, it would be, I think there's different dynamics with different kids. You know, I think some kids, um, have a good foundation at home. You know, they've, they've got working moms and dads. Um, their families are in decent financial shape. Um, they have good guidance and, and all the different things. And, um, they're better equipped to make sound business decisions, which is what these kind of are. I mean, it's, it, they really are business decisions at the end of the day. Um, oh, yeah. Other other kids are not, you know, and other you know, so a lot of these kids don't have parents at home. Um, they might be raised by sisters. They might be raised by grandparents. Um, you know, they don't have the level of guidance that, that you need to deal in this shark-infested world of college football recruiting, um, street street agents, um, o- overzealous alumni walking around with you know with with cash, you know, for people and things like that, and and you know, <laughs> there's different factors with different you know kids and different families, and you know, it, there's, there's some out there where you know somebody puts you know ten thousand dollars in somebody's pocket. Or something that's enough to to get them to alter their mindset because you know that can make a huge difference for somebody who's trying to feed their family who can't afford anything um, and those sort of things and obviously those things are illegal um, but to think that they're not out there in college football would be naive and we're not going to sit here and levy a- accusations at any particular school we don't we don't do that um, no, we don't but do that. we don't do that. But, yeah, we're not going to do that, but you know, I'm I'm trying to you know I'm answering your question in that these things are all real, and you know I think there's different factors with with different people, and a, a lot of people like to take that issue and, and put racial lines on it. It, it is not racial lines. Um, it, it is not a black white thing um, where you know one race or the other has their hand out more often than others and things like that. It's it, it's it's just it's a social issue, and you know it's. It's um it is what it is and it's not going to change because none of these people more, get caught. Nobody gets caught. Well, I, got, I got two more things and I I know we got we got, I know you probably got a full message board. I know all the Kane fans out there ready to get on here. I got two things for you. One, okay. I was reading your reading one of your uh, posts today when you were saying, with when this occurs, they're really embarrassing the University of Miami publicly, you know. And I and I agree with you on that. I agree with you. It's really it makes us look like a laughing stock, you know. It really does. Which and it gives other colleges ammunition to come in and steal commitments from us. And um, but back say, on, on the same line, you know, one of my coworkers, he's always joking with me because you know I'm, he knows I'm a diehard Hurricane fan, and he always tells me he was like, well, he said, say, Urban Urban Meyer or. Somebody, Nick Saban, comes into your living room and is recruiting your sons to come to University. I mean, come to uh, Ohio State or Alabama or wherever they may be coaching at that particular time. When my children get to that age, and they're talking, you know, they're they're talking about, you know, you don't you don't really want to go to Miami because look at their track record, this, that, and the third. And then I would say, honestly, I would have to cut the visit short because you can't sell me on your program. And you're selling me on down in another program to get me and my son to come to your institution. Then I appreciate you traveling to Maryland, but the visit will be cut short, and you have to leave my home 
because you're not selling your school. Well, I'm sure that you're does down- happen sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know it. But that goes back to what I was just saying. I mean, exactly. it, you know, it goes the, back exactly the, what you're saying. And it, I'm wondering, who's sitting across the table? You know, who's exactly. sitting across the table? And that's a big deal. Exactly, Gary. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, even, I don't care if it's your mother or father, you know, I mean, why, you, you should be able to see when someone is not really, you know, they're just not genuine, when they're not it's, being you know, genuine. When you're not selling your program. program. You know, you're not pulling that garbage in Duke Johnson's house. You're not pulling that garbage in Casey McDermott's house. Nah. You know, you're you not have to sell you your know. program. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm saying a lot depends on who's sitting at the other side of the table. And some oh, kids yeah. have the right some kids have the right people sitting next to them and some don't. And, and, you're, and you're absolutely right. And trust me, I know I've been there. You know, I, I know how it is. I played college football. I was recruited. It's kind of funny because Jerry Sandusky came to my high school. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of funny. All that's what happened with him. But um, but piggybacking off with that, the first caller said, he was absolutely right about the Michigan State defense, Gary. I watched that game, and it brought me back to how we used to play defense. How we used to play defense, straight four three, you know, hey, man to man, in your in your face, smash mouth, big boy, uh, football. We need to get back to that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's gonna make any changes, but if he doesn't, he got to sit I down with the defensive staff and, and, and talk to him like, look, we can't be ranked number seventy seventh in the country in defense again if this not gonna happen. My my opinion is the biggest problem is that you rank number seventy seven in the country, not whether you're lining up in a four three or a three four. Yeah, you know, they used it all this year. They used four three a lot. Almost every third down, they're in four three. Um, they're in four three a lot on other downs, depending on who they're playing and what kind of um, offense they're running. Uh, they also were in three four, obviously at times. And you know, there's times they were in five twos when they had a matchup on the outside with receivers. You know, they used all different types of defensive formations. The, the, the problem is they, they blitzed a lot. The problem is nothing worked. And, you know, that's because of all the other problems that I already mentioned earlier in your call. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And does that mean that coaches have to be changed? I don't have the answer to that question. You know, that's Al Golden's job, and he's going to have to figure it out. I mean, you can't, you know, obviously if, he keeps co- if they keep coming out and playing defense the way they're playing defense these last couple of years, um, that's going to affect, you know, his standing in coaching and, you know, at the University of Miami. So, he, you know, he's got to figure it out. And, you know, going into year four, obviously, I think the sense of urgency gets heightened to do that, you know. Yeah. And one more question. What, do you, what's the, uh, what are your eyes on the guy Hester from Jersey? Well, what do you what do you what are your eyes on him signing? We're hearing, pretty, we're hearing good things there. We, um, we're, we're hearing some pretty good things there. He's going to visit this weekend. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes after his visit. But uh, I think there's a good shot there. All right, Gary. I, man, I love what you do, man. Keep up the good work and keep grinding for his case, fans. All right, man. Thanks for calling. Um, give us a call again next oh, week. Definitely. All right, let's, definitely. Continue. let's continue on now. 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Hello? You trying to play music for us or are you coming on the show? 
All right, you're going to have to call back. Let's go now to the um, the 954, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, uh, Mr. Furman, how you doing? Doing. Who's this? This is uh, Hurricane Mike. All right, Mike, listen. No Mr. Furman nonsense, all right? You're making me feel old. <laughs> I know I've been I've been around for I've been around for probably too long for a lot of people's taste, but man, that Mr. Furman stuff, man, that makes me feel like I'm in my sixties. No, man, you know what that is? Let me tell you something, uh, Gary. That's respect, brother. Because I respect you, everything man. that you do. You Thank you. I respect. I love I respect your work, man. I can't wait to get home from work to come to read what you wrote. I'll be at three in the morning. My wife said, "Before you even say your prayer, you picking up the computer reading." You know? <laughs> and I can't, and I can't wait, and I can't wait to wake up at five a.m. and do it for you. How about that? So we're even. I'm telling you, man, I enjoy it, man. But you know what? I, I want to go back before I ask my question, and I want to address something that I heard one of the callers say, and he was talking about why some of the players leave home to go help build up other powerhouses. Well, you hit on point on some valuable points, but one of the things of it is too is based on coaching. Number one. Because when a player can see what another coach is doing, and he, especially when a player comes up from a winning program and that's all they know, they've been winning all their life, they want to continue that streak on winning instead of going to a school that they see they're struggling. They're not thinking that, well, I can go here and help get this school on point because they're lacking their defensive back. I do. I can play. I can go and get playing time. A lot of them don't look at that. They're looking at the fact, okay, they win. Some of the kids never been out of Miami in their life, so they want to travel. They want to go. You know what I'm saying? But they got to keep in mind and be mindful that that, that ain't the only kids that's leaving Miami. You got kids play for Alabama that's from Washington, from California, from Texas. They all Alabama kids. Ain't that many Alabama kids on that roster? You know what I'm saying? They're from everywhere to make that team. Now, yeah. let me get to this question. Let me ask you this. What is the latest on the recruitings of Chad Thomas, uh, Belto, and Jackson? Because I heard on Twitter that Delta, he didn't want to go in and sign his, uh, what you call the papers as a red yet, because he wanted to reopen his recruiting. Then I read, I think, on your site where you said that he had decommitted, but then he closed the recruiting, and now he's yep. back committed. Yep. So enlighten me a little bit on the Western leaders on recruit, recruiting and with Davin Cook. All right. Um, well, the first thing I want to say is um, – you know, to to your original comment about kids wanting to travel and take trips, um, I think you're absolutely right, and I and I don't see any issue with that. You know, I think that goes back to what I said on the last call. Who's sitting at the, across on the other side of the table with those kids? I mean, all you got to do is not commit. You know, no one's going to hold it against you if you're taking trips and traveling all over America and having a good time if you're not committed to a school. Um, but if you want to make that mutual commitment to a school because you know that's where you want to go and you want to make sure that that school takes you, um, right. then, then you commit. And I, my feeling is when you commit, it should be a commitment and you should shut recruiting down. And, and, and the reason it becomes problematic is kids commit and then they want their cake and eat it too and they still go take trips. Well, you know, Miami, you know, because they have to, might agree to that with a kid like, say, Chad Thomas, who's a five-star defensive lineman. But you know you're a, a three star, um, or, or 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 I guess in, in the case of Bethel he's a four star. But you know you're a five eight cornerback. My suggestion would be you better not be doing that because they're going to replace you. 
And, you know, I, I think that, you know, that goes back to like these kids, you know, really need to sometimes have better guidance on, on what they're doing. Um, but, you know, moving on to, to, to the rest of what you were talking about, which is the recruitment of the Booker T kids in particular, uh, let me first touch on Demetrius Jackson because, yes, we did have a story yesterday uh, talking about his decommitment. And um, what happened was uh, we, we spoke to him in the morning, and at that point he informed us that he was going to be decommitting, and he, you know, he wanted to take some trips and look around a little bit. Uh, so we reported that on our site. And my guess is what happened was when we did report it, um, it stirred up um, – well, hell, this is internet radio, so I'm going to call it what it is. Um, it stirred up a shitstorm. And um, you know, I'm sure that you know, Miami coaches had some conversations with people in Demetrius's family and camp and probably Demetrius himself. And 12 hours later, um, he spoke to us again and told us that he was going to – retreat on that decommitment and he was going to be a hundred percent to Miami and he's going to shut down recruiting. Um, so, you know, obviously there were some conversations. I don't think you have to, um, be a rocket scientist to put two and two together on that. Um, and as of right now, he's a hundred percent committed to Miami and he's shutting down recruiting. Um, my suggestion to him, if I were the one advising him, it would be that if you're intending on following through on that, you should, he should probably hold to that. Um, I spoke earlier today to his sister, who's really kind of his mentor and almost like a guardian to Demetrius. And, you know, she told me that that would be the case, that he will not be taking any other visits, that he will be sticking 100% to Miami. So it sounds like Miami's in pretty good shape with Demetrius Jackson. Um, Chad Thomas, I, I think other schools are coming very, very hard at Chad for obvious reasons. You know, he's a five-star defensive lineman, a very good player. And, you know, one of the topics that we talked about uh, for tonight's show that somebody had posted on the message board that they wanted to hear discussed was, you know, what effect are Miami's defensive problems having on recruiting and how do other schools use that as a tool to try to influence these kids? And um, obviously, the problems that Miami is having on defense right now are, are not a secret. You know that opposing coaches are coming in and, and attacking that when they're recruiting defensive kids. Um, it, it, it is like target practice, quite you know, quite honestly. Um, it's huge burden on Al Golden to get that problem corrected uh, moving forward. But at the same time, when you look at the at the recruiting commitment list, uh, it's really not too bad on the defensive side of the ball. So it can't be affecting recruiting that much. You have eight defensive linemen commits. You got Anthony Moten to commit. You got Chad Thomas to commit. You got Demetrius Jackson to commit. Those are all four and five star kids. Travante Valentine, another four star kid, is committed. Um, Michael Weish, a, a very good JUCO kid. I, he's only a three star, and that was another thing somebody asked about. Why isn't he a four star? But he's committed. So, in reality, even though yes, other schools are using Corey, that. What about Corey Johnson? What about Corey Johnson? Well, he's not committed at this point. Um, but yes, he committed um, you know, to Miami. Yeah, Corey Jones is a defensive tackle. He committed. No, you're talking about Cortell Jenkins. Is it Cortell Corey Johnson? Is, thought... he, Corey Johnson is not committed to Miami. He, he visited, but he's not committed. He's still he's still committed to Kentucky right now. But um, but but anyways, but getting just finishing my point. I don't want to get too long winded on you here. Um, I, no, I no, think no, that, no. I'm not listening to you. Go ahead. 
Well, you know, I, I think that the bottom line is even though other schools are using it as a recruiting tool very aggressively, it doesn't seem to be having a very big impact because you're still getting commitments from all these defensive players. So, you know, we'll see. What about Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook, to me, is a very complicated situation. <laughs> um, you know, without getting too deep into his personal life, um, you know, he, he, I think he's, you know, he's got a, he's, he's got a, he's had a tough, he's had a tough, you know, growing up. Um, it's not, you know, he doesn't live in a traditional household where he maybe has the level of guidance that might benefit him when he's one of the high, most highly recruited running backs in the country and people are coming at him from all different directions. Uh, you've seen him committed now to a few different schools. You know, that right there tells you what I'm talking about. Um, where it's going from here, I don't know. You know, I, I've heard from pretty good sources that Florida State um, feels like they have him locked up, and uh, but he is not committed there yet. And he visited Miami, had a very good visit this past weekend, and Miami is definitely under consideration. Um, I'm hearing it's Miami or Florida State, but I would still have to say Florida State holds the lead, um, but it's a slight lead, and that's good news because, like I said earlier, a week ago I would have said it's a huge lead. So we'll see. So They're I visiting think, him every I think, day. I think Yerba, I think Yerba will work on him real heavy, though. Well, he's trying. You know, he's he's trying. I'm sure. Yeah, but, you think J.C. Watkins or Travis Rudolph might come? Or about what about the receivers? Um. I think Travis Rudolph is back in play. I, I, I do. Now, you know, he's very tight with Johnny Dixon. And if Johnny Dixon were to say that he's coming to Miami, I think the chances would be better with Travis Rudolph. But I don't think they're necessarily tied together. Um, and I do think Travis Rudolph is considering Miami again. Wow. So you think, uh, you, so you think Johnny Dixon might come to Miami? Um, I would say 60-40 Ohio State right now. Wow. Just like I, just like I would say, sixty forty Florida State for Dalvin Cook, so and probably eighty, and probably eighty, probably eighty twenty Florida State for Ermon Lane. And what about what about Jackson, J.C. Jackson? J.C. Jackson, I, I don't feel too bad about. You know, um, he, he's visiting this weekend, and I think then we'll see. You know, but I think there's a great chance they get J.C. Jackson. Wow, is he pretty decent? Yeah, yeah, you know, seems like a pretty good prospect. You don't ever know till they get into school and start competing right, against right. college competition, college competition instead of high school competition. You know, that's right. a challenge. But that kid, that's Bird, a- man, the kid that he got from South Dade, man, he is really skinny, boy. Yeah. Uh, Bird, I think his name. Uh, Kyrie Brady. Brady. Yeah. They like him yeah. though. I think. I think you know. He, he, they think he's a good prospect. So we'll see. Okay. They're trying to, you know, right, trying man, to have a Mr. nice mix. I think they're trying to have a okay, nice then. mix of big receivers and small receivers, you know? That's what I'm talking about. We need some big six four, six five. Yeah. You know? They're trying to they're, well you got Langham. You know, Langham's six five. Brady's right. six three. And I heard uh, I heard uh, Travis I heard Powell might be switching out going back to Tennessee. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, you never know. I, I would right. I would think not. If that were the case, why would he have you know, left Tennessee and come to Miami in the first place? So I don't I don't know if that's true. You know, we're trying to get a hold of them and see. Okay. All right. All right. To you, All right, man. Okay. Yeah, thank you for the kind words again. We appreciate it. And uh, give us a call again next week. Okay, no problem.
Alrighty. All right. All right, let's move onward. Let's go now to the uh, 770, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Jerry. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Who's this? It's uh, Royal. What's up, Royal? What Nothing you got? much, man. Yeah, man. Uh, a couple of things that's been really troubling me with this, uh, well, the, the Treon Harris situation. I, if you can kind of break that down for me, what's... What's really going on? Okay, now the Edward kid. If he wanted to stick, there would have been three committed quarterbacks. Okay, nah, they weren't going to take three. I know you kept saying. Okay, well, uh, well, they had they took a commitment from. Uh, okay, I don't know, but uh, this that was kid, Mario Cristobal. Okay, well, this kid, Trio, hey, this kid is special, man. I saw him against North Cross. First game of the season, you cannot let get out. I just think a kid like this leaves right, your let me backyard give you, or let give you a quick going to Florida State. Let me give you a quick opinion on this one. Two okay. things. Number one, in my opinion, if you're going to take a quarterback from Dade County, he better be your clear-cut starter because if he's not, you're going to have – in my opinion, you know, a mess on your hands. And if you look back through the history, you know, even like with Ja'Cory, you know, right. Ja'Cory, Ja'Cory shouldn't have been a three-year starter at Miami. No way. I agree. He was good enough. He was not that good to be a three-year starter at Miami. Um, but, you know, I think the community pressure resulted in that happening. And, you, and, and that's been part of the problem for Miami over the last 10 years. Um, by taking Jacory and putting him into that spot, you couldn't recruit other quarterbacks. And you know this program has really struggled well, now. Well, didn't want to recruit no more quarterbacks. Well, he succumbed to the pressure. Um, you know, and and you know, I'm certainly not sitting here picking on Jacory, but um, he succumbed to the pressure. And I think when you take a Dade County quarterback, um, it comes with pressure and. Uh, you know, I think you got to be careful. Okay, that's number one. Now, Treon Harris has obviously had a great year at Booker T. Coley, whose job it is to evaluate quarterbacks, has decided that Brad Kaya um, and Malik Rozier are better than Treon Harris in his mind. Right. And that's yeah. why, that, That's why they took those two. Um, if he felt that Treon was better than either of those other two guys, they would have taken Treon. And I think you have to respect that. This is his job, and he's going to be. You know, hopefully he'll be here coaching them. Um, and he's got to make the best decision he can make based on his foundation as a football coach. And they evaluate, they watch film, they look at games, they talk to the kids, they talk to the coaches, um, and right. they felt like those other two guys are better for what they want to do offensively. Yeah, I mean, I, better, yeah, I, well, I understand everything you're saying. It's just, yeah, I mean, I look at a kid like that, and then they, I think the kid is just special, but he'll go up to Florida State, they tell him they're going to let him play quarterback, and if let's say Winston doesn't have a good year next year, so that means he's coming back for his senior year. So you're telling me that Harris is going to sit up there and be a backup quarterback for three years? No, he's going to move the slot receiver. Same thing we told him. But he'll be up in Florida State playing against us, making plays, instead of being at home where he's supposed to be making plays. I, well, I if, just, if, man, if, if I it ends up happening at Florida way. State, man. If it ends up happening that way, bl- blame Ice and blame Treyon. 
Right, 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 right. Because yeah. you know you have you have to know your own what where your own ability levels are. You know. Right. And and it's yeah, part well, of that. I mean, because if, let's say Winston don't have a, a great year next year and he don't come out. Hey, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, I don't, but I don't feel I, I very. I don't feel like that's going to happen. I've yet to see oh, that kid okay. play a bad yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, have you seen him yeah, play a bad yeah. game? The closest was the first half no. in Miami. Right, he right. The ball that's to, true, but he threw the ball what, to you twice. <laughs> that's yeah, the, yeah, and we, we don't have a thing that can make a play. <laughs> that's the closest yeah. thing you've seen that kid playing bad. But let me ask you, what is, what is your opinion on Trey? What do you think about him? I like I said, I only seen the one game, but. I see he's now ranked uh, number three overall athlete or something like that. Uh, that's I think probably because he's going to Florida State, but I, I think he's. I think he's I very. I'm I, talking about I, a special talent. I think he's very good, but for whatever reason, these other two kids were rated higher by by James Coley and Al Golden. And right, is, is, that's uh, their, is Coley that's their job. Awesome? Right, right. Is Coley I'm hearing, is he going to, while I'm reading on your board, is he going to um, try to incorporate some, some type of pistol with Malik or something like that? We're going to be running two quarterbacks? Have know, you heard anything like of what he want to do? I don't know. Sounds like something he wants to play with. You know, I guess he, I guess he saw Duke. I, saw, I guess he saw Duke kind of do it. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, it sounds like it's something that they want to look at. Okay. All right, well. I just hope we can beat Louisville, man, because I, I don't want Trehard trying to get Chad Thomas to convince him to go to Florida State because I'm going to have a fit for real then. Beating Louisville <laughs> right. is kind of a big deal now, isn't it? It's going to be a big deal. Yeah, and then you're going to turn around and play him again in the beginning of the next year. Oh, man, you cannot have <laughs> two L's against Louisville with half their team from South Florida. They just want okay. you in agony, Ro. All right, Ro. Hey, thanks for calling. Give yeah. us a call again next week. Hey, keep, keep me on the line. All right, I will. All right, All right, let's go now to the um, the two two five, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Hello. Are you with us? You with us or no? All right, sorry. Um, to the eight five zero, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Yes, sir. Who's this? Hello. You're Max. with us. All right, Max, so you you're doing? on. Doing good. All right. Uh, you can hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, how, how do uh, Winston uh, hold up to uh, Miami X quarterbacks, the good ones, to you? Jameis Winston? Yes. Um, Different. You know, I mean, he's he, he's not the tra- – you know, he's definitely not Bernie Kosar, Vinny Testaverde, Gino Toretta, Steve Walsh. You know, he's right. he's definitely not in that mold. You know, as the classic drop back passer, he's you know he's kind of like a unique player to be honest with you. Probably, um, maybe more like a a bigger version of man. I don't who who would you compare him to? I don't even I don't even know who I'd compare him to to be honest with you. He's played at Miami, so no, I would say he doesn't compare. What um, would Miami record be if he was on Miami teams? Um, well, I think it would depend on who's on Florida State. But if, if 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 everything were equal at Florida State, you know, I think Miami would probably have one or two more wins. Obviously, yeah. Stephen Morris did not play well this year. In fact, no, he didn't. He, he, he Stephen Morris like had a terrible season. He was a te- right. he, he had a ter- he had a terrible season, and 
you know, I, I, I think part of the problem was, and, in, you know, they might do this differently if they could do it all over again, but, you know, I think maybe they were a little too aggressive with Steven. Like, you know, maybe going for a little too much on first and second down, getting themselves right. in too many, too many third and long situations where he didn't deliver very well. Um, That's right. You know, I, I, I think if you could do it all over again, you know, maybe – you know, you might be a little bit more conservative on offense, run the ball a little more on first and second downs. Um, but, hey, you know, they won nine games. I mean, you're really only talking about a couple games here. And, right. you know, that the Virginia Tech game sort of got out of, away from them due to turnovers. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's really hard to really, you know, get too crazy on analysis or criticism or anything because of the record, you know, but, but I, but I do think that, you know, that's a couple of things that I saw, you know, I thought that they were very aggressive on first and second downs. Um, and which I like, I mean, I like being aggressive on early downs, but maybe they did it just a little too much, gotten too many third down situations. And beyond that, he had the injury and he didn't play very well this year. So you put all that together and you have what you have. So, uh, so how much, uh, did they put the defense in bad situations, the offense? I think at times they did, but I think at times they did, but I, I don't think that that can be blamed for the defensive problems by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the defense hurt itself also by not getting off the field. So, um, right. you know, I think there's, there's things they could have done at times maybe to help out the defense, but I would certainly not you know, blame that for right. Miami's defensive problems. If teams are teams having the ball for 38 minutes, mm-hmm. Miami ain't having very long. It's a big problem, game. But, I don't, but I'm not going to blame that on the offense, you know. I mean, there was one game, and I God, you know, they kind of run together on me, but there was one game where they had the ball for all but like a minute of the first quarter. Well, the offense only ran, I think, three plays in the first quarter, but they only got the ball once. So, yeah, they had a Wake three forward. and out. Well, Wake it was Wake Forest, right? There, there you go. So they had a three and out, but they only touched the ball once the entire quarter. Right. Three downs <laughs> you know, and out, one minute. That's not the fault of the offense, okay? You're going to go three and out sometimes. Right, sometimes. That's right. So, and they had a pretty good offensive day that day at the end of the day. So. Yeah, the offense needs to be a little bit more potent. Yeah, a little bit more, but you know, it's still pretty darn good now. Come on, they 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 have pretty good personnel on offense. You you wish the defensive side of the ball were as far along right. as the offensive side. Right, that's true. That's true. But when we made Duke punt it twice, twice in a row, generally should have scored one of them. Just scored uh-huh. one of the two. Might have win the game. Mm. Offense cannot score. Cannot score when it needs to score. When it's back well, against the wall, our offense won't score. Hopefully, they will in the bowl game. Anything else yeah. tonight? No, go ahead. Just keep me on hold. Oh, you want to stay on hold? Okay, I'll keep yeah. you on hold. Thanks for calling. Give us a holler again next week. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hope everyone listening gets a chance to call into the show. Let's go out now to the 732, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? All right, you'll have to call back. Um, let's go now to the 813, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, Gary? 
Andre from Doing Tampa. good. Who's this? Uh, Andre from Tampa. What's up, Andre? How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Hey, um, there's, there's a couple of things I, I, I think I talked about last week. Uh, future of the hurricane, and, and I think it all starts with the, the quarterback. And I know everybody looking at saying Williams, I mean, he looked pretty good when he came in. But what I was looking at, I'm saying is, we don't need no more one-year quarterback. You know, we don't need somebody to come in, okay, uh, we got the players on offense. Now you got Williams coming in for one year. Then he's done. Then you're hoping that... Uh, yeah, but then you're positioned. Can... But then you're positioned to do exactly what you're talking about. And and have a guy developed. You're going to have all next year and all okay. through spring practice, and you're going to be able to develop these quarterbacks, and then you're going to be able to hopefully pick the one that's the best, that he's going to be your quarterback for four, for potentially four years. I mean, because... If, if, I mean, if you're right, if, you, if, you know, if you've recruited well here and you're right, now, you know, if Kaya or Rozier are not good enough to do that, I mean, obviously you're going to keep recruiting quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, but, time will tell. Well, I'm, but, yeah. I'm I mean, at, I guarantee you I'm, that Brad Kaya is coming to Miami to be the quarterback for Miami for four years. Now, whether he ends up being good enough to do that, you know, time will tell. But that's why he's leaving USC and UCLA to come to Miami for that opportunity. Because he, see, he's, he should be the best quarterback in camp or at Miami. And, well, he's, and I'm sure he's planning need. on being. Well, like I said, I, what I'm looking at, like I said, I'm looking at, okay, you got, like I said, we got a couple guys. You got Duke Johnson who's coming back off of injury. And I'm, I'm kind of worried about that because we don't know I mean, it's just like uh, Deion Bush when he came back from injury. From this, uh, this injury. I mean, it took a, it, it, it took a while for him to get going and to be confident, yep. you know, out there on the field. But I mean, how do we know that Duke Johnson, after this heel up his ankle heel, that he's gonna be the same player on the field? You know. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think he do. I mean, I you know, sometimes it could, it could take two years to get it back. You know, we don't know what Duke's going to be like next year. You know, you're, he's a running back recovering from a broken ankle. I mean, you know, so, it's tough. That mean, so should we look at this and say, well, we we put a whole offense around Duke John. Pretty much they put the offense about Duke John. Well, they're not so, doing that right now. They're not doing they, I think next year you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to put the offense on those receivers. And I think you're going to see a lot more four and five receiver sets next year. They're building up the numbers in recruiting. Uh, you're going to have all these freshmen coming in that are going to contribute. You're going to have um, you know the guys coming back, and uh, I think they're going to spread it out next year and run a lot more one back. Well, I confidence you. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the stories on Dallas, and I, I, I agree. Earlier, I heard. With the earlier conversation about the, the the home being stable, and and uh, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I was looking at schools. I had both my parents there. Uh, they made me. They say I'm the one make the decision of what I want to go for four years, but they was always there to, you know, to talk to the coaches if they call. You know, they were there, and and like it I made said, a big I, difference, I know, right? Right, and, and my friend who was going. 
he was a single mom. He lived with his mom. It was like he he didn't want to leave. He, he wanted to leave, but he wanted to stay close to home. And and it, it was like, hey man, you need to make a decision, you know. And and he was more confused about where he wanted to go at. So he got to a point where, I mean, he didn't go nowhere because it, it, it was his home life, you know what I mean? So, uh, but I, I agree with what you were saying. I I I I've been through that, and uh, so. I can understand where Dalvin Cook is coming from on that on that part, uh, but um, I mean, and, and you look at uh, I mean, think about how stressed negative. out that kid's got to be. <laughs> oh, it, I'm saying it is because, like I say, my best friend we grew up together, and he he was going through it. I mean, he, he didn't know if he wanted to leave or he wanted to go out of town. You know, um, you know, he he was only a kid, so he wanted to stay close to his mom. But really, in Tampa, was really no school. Like, USF wasn't around at that time when I was in high school. So it was pretty much you go to Florida State or Miami or the Gators, you know, at that time. But, um, but anyway, like I said, um, that's, I'm pretty much looking at uh, uh, me at the end of the year with Denofio. I'm up, you know, I, I try to stay positive about it. But, I mean, Golden understand that as fans, as true Kane fans, that we can see the same defense. We really we can't see the same defense against Louisville. I mean, because we look, we make average quarterbacks look like all pro quarterbacks. And so I mean, not taking one from Bridgewater, but Bridgewater is a good quarterback, and and he'll pick you apart. So I'm hoping that they game plan is where they could just stop this kid from spreading the wealth, and that's what he's going to want to do. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that Denofio will have a game plan to stop him. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just hoping. Yeah, I don't know, man. Is, it's it, it's going to be tough. I, I, I hate this this matchup with Teddy Bridgewater against the Miami I, defense. I, I hate it, too. I hate it, too. I, I, I mean, that's that kid is really good at, at, at going through his progressions and finding the open yeah. guy, and, and he's very disciplined in, in hitting the short passes when there's nothing open down the field. And um, This is going to be a tough out for this defense with this personnel. And that's why oh, Louisville's yeah. a three-point favorite. And, 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 and I mean, you, you got to look at that, too. I mean, cause, I mean, then you got our goal. Like I say, if you go get rid of a coordinator – you ain't going to be sending them to the homes of these main defensive guys. So these defensive guys looking at, okay, this guy coming here telling me what he going to run, how his team going to be, if he could put him in his, you know, where he going to fit in his team. If he's not, if you know, I don't see, I'm not going to send a, uh, I know not going to be here for a kid that we feel like a Chad Thompson or, but they going to want to know what kind of team, you know, the defense so run this year with them in it. And if the Genofio telling them this is the kind of scheme we're going to run, this is the defense we're going to run, or Burroughs telling them what kind of defense we're going to run, I mean, these kids looking for Genofio to be there so they they go trust that this is the scheme they're going to run. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so they certainly are doing that. Not, um, I, I just don't think he'll get rid of them this year. I don't see it. Would you would you get if if you got a job and it's your career breakthrough 
and and you get a job and you have a somebody that's very close to you that gives up their own job to come with you to build something someplace, would you fire them? One honest answer? Yeah. Yeah, you would? Yeah, I'll, yeah. So well, you know, that's, that's where he's, that's where he's at. It, and I still keep, I, keep I, know, I hate to sound like a broken record also, but I, you know, I know I'm totally convinced it's not a one-man deal. And if I am, I can only imagine Al Golden feels the same way. This is not a one-man fix, you know. This is not fire my defensive coordinator and everything's great in hurricane defensive land. Because <laughs> it's not. Because it's not about 4-3 or 3-4. They, they got their butts yep. kicked no matter what formation they started to play in. Exactly. But, I mean, I, I, what I'm saying is I, I'm looking at, like I say, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at. I think four, three. I you know. Sometimes I think two, seven. I don't know. It was just. They were lined up so many different <laughs> they ways. They did everything. You know. They did everything. They tried everything and they did everything. You know, and uh, and and, and, and I, it, it's players and it's coaches that they could coach better. They could play better. You know, there's no question about it. But it's not one man. It's not just Mark D'Onofrio. No way. Yeah, I understand that. But if you go out and look, you trying to get better players. This is what my thing is. If you go out there because you say you need better players, well, you can get all the better players you want if you don't have better coaches on your roster or behind you. Them better players going down. And, and no doubt about it. You so must have a good coaching our, staff in college I football mean, you today. Get, must. Yeah, you got, you got to have better coaches. I, I'm not saying D'Onofrio uh, won't be a good position coach, but he just is not a coordinator that I think can put our team in the – when the game gets tight, he could call the play and put them in formation to get them right, to get, get to, uh, make the play happen. I, I just don't have no confidence. And I just don't well, have confidence. You know, I think Bridgewater is going to pick them apart. I, I just uh, – I hope – I mean, I'm, I'm on Miami, but – I, I don't like the matchup just, either. Yeah. I, I, I don't okay, like it either. Here. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, yeah, give us a call next week. We'll talk more about it. Um, uh, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the uh, 347, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on? This is Kwame. How are you? Hey, what's up, Kwame? How are you doing this week? I cannot complain too much. Actually, I can complain because... <laughs> I have a bone to pick with the ACC commissioner. Maybe you can shed some light for the rest of the fans. What is this I'm reading that he was actively lobbying against Miami to be the Chick-fil-A Bowl? Now, no, I would no, 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 slow down. I would not call it lobbying against Miami. Um, all right, first of all, conference commissioners are always involved in bowl selection processes with the bowls. They okay. are, that's, the, that's part of their job. They always get involved. You know, it's, a, it's like a running joke in the industry. The, the SEC commissioner sits down and decides which of his teams he wants and which bowl games, and he kind of handicaps the field and, and tries to figure out what's the best spot for each team. Conference commissioners are always involved in that. That's number one. Number two, deserve, Duke deserved to be the number three team in the ACC in the bowl pecking order. Um, Florida State goes to the national title game. Clemson goes to the Orange Bowl. Duke earned the right to be next, okay? They beat the crap out of Miami. 
Okay, they 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 beat they they beat Miami by really offense versus defense twenty five points. And if the Chick Fil A Bowl had taken Miami over Duke, the Russell Athletic Bowl was going to take Virginia Tech over Duke, and Duke was going to get stuck going to the Belk Bowl in Charlotte after the greatest season in their school history. So he stepped in, and yes, he did. He he strongly urged the Chick Fil A Bowl to take Duke. Because they were well, why couldn't he strongly urge the, the Russell Athletic Bowl to take Duke? I don't, I don't understand. But, oh, be, if he could strongly urge, you know, I mean, well, I understand. Well, I he, get he, it. He, he, he could, but Duke deserved to be in Atlanta. And, and, and that's what he went to bat for. And that's his job. You know, he, he's not playing favorites. He's not saying, oh, geez, I like Duke more than I like Miami. He's saying Duke earned this on the field this year. They beat Miami and Virginia Tech. You know they they deserve yeah. to be our the number three team from the ACC, and 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 that's the the the, the more high profile spot because it's on New Year's Eve, um, and a sexy game against an SEC school. I think Duke's going to get the crap beat out of him by Texas A and M, but you know we'll see. You know, I guess but will. he did the right thing. He did the right thing, Kwame. If I, 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 well, way, I, if you if, way, if Miami were in that same situation, I wanted to see him in that prime time slot. I guess. Uh, everybody did. It would have been great to see them go play Johnny Manziel. Instead, you get to see them go play Teddy Bridgewater. That's not so bad. And not you know so what? If, if Miami were in that same situation, you would have wanted him to do the exact same thing that he did in pushing for Duke to get into that game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? I guess, I guess um, next, I just want to touch on two more topics is uh, – I was listening to, you know, you guys talk about Teddy Bridgewater and, you know, how he goes through his progressions. And watching Stephen Brass game against Pitt, I think that was the first game he was actually 100% healthy since before he got hit in the Savannah State game. And I think, you know, just looking back in hindsight, you know, and watching him play, I don't think he was as confident in his ability given his injury. I, I give Stephen a lot of credit, you know, this year. He played, you know, he didn't cry about it, he didn't moan about it, but he was hurt. He was definitely hurt. And and moreover, uh, it was his plant leg. It, it didn't allow him to actually, you know, really drive the ball in some areas like he wanted to. So he, his mechanics were totally off. If you watch his feet when he's dropping back. He's lifting he, he up that ankle. He was hurt and he played bad. Yep. All yeah. the above and, and he played bad. And so that pit game, I think we saw the Stephen Morris that we all thought we were going to see the entire year. He didn't turn the ball over. He drove the ball when he threw it, and he was confident. He, and he, you even saw he was able to escape a lot of rushes and, and get outside the pocket. He wasn't able to do that throughout the course of the year because he didn't have that kind of mobility. So I'm, yep. I'm wondering, uh, you know, given his um, – his newfound, you know, his newfound health. You know, how do you think he's going to perform? Because this is the chance for Stephen Morris played a great ahead, game in Pittsburgh. He played a great game at Pittsburgh, and I think he's going to come out and he's going to play like this is the last game of his life because it is. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. his last game in college, <laughs> and every NFL scout's going to be watching him, and it's a big night for him. And hopefully, he plays well. All right, hey, listen, I'm going to let you go right now because um, and uh, give us a call again. Uh, next week, or if you if you want to call back later in the show, feel free. But um, I'm going to take a, a quick um, five minute check in here. 
um, with Keenan Codrington, the um, Rivals.com Southeast recruiting analyst who's kind enough to take a break from me. He's up in, I believe it's Alabama, um, at um, some all-star events and evaluating players and doing some stories. And uh, But he's kind enough to spend a few minutes with us tonight. And uh, Keenan, how you doing? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you guys? I hope it's... Uh... Sure We're doing good, man. No warmer than you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 44 no, degrees there. Not very fun. <laughs> no, it, it's great down here. And, and um, if, if you're on hold right now, please stay where you're at. I'll get back to the calls in a minute. But uh, so much going on in, in recruiting, so much drama, and, and I would have been remiss if I didn't get Keenan to give us a call tonight and give us his take on, on some of these things. And I'll, I'll try to go kind of like in rapid fire for you, Keenan, because I know you're in a hurry yeah. tonight. Okay. Um, no you know, Let's start with Johnny Dixon. As we speak right now, Urban Meyer in his home. He had scheduled an announcement for Sunday night. All of our sources have told us that that announcement was going to be for Ohio State. Um, the fact that he canceled the announcement, I think, speaks positively on his weekend visit to Miami. Um, do you think, you know, with Urban Meyer in the house tonight, um, does he walk out of there with Johnny Dixon, in, you know, locked up and sealed, or is Miami going to still be in it tonight? Yeah, Gary, and I think that's, uh, that's the important question. I really believe that Coach Meyer probably would not try to leave that living room without getting a verbal uh, or a silent commitment from Johnny and then uh, having Johnny announce his, his intention publicly. Um, however, you know, Miami is definitely in the picture. I think um, the, the visit went very well from what I heard um, and that he was down there watching bull practice, also watching the wide receivers, also watching guys like Stacey Coley. So Miami has that in their back pocket. Now, I think Ohio State's been a really good job recruiting him um, so far to this point. So there shouldn't be anything new that he liked Ohio State. It's just the fact that he's going to leave the state of Florida to go play college ball. And, he, you know, starting off, even towards the summer, it looked like he wasn't going to leave even the Tri-County area. So I still think it's a one 2 three race of Miami, um, you know, in the mix with Alabama and Ohio State. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure what the number would look like if I had an order on one, two, three, but I think it's those three schools at the top. I know Alabama still covets Johnny uh, very highly um, as one of their top receivers on their board with, uh, with Travis Rudolph. So um, we'll have to wait and see. He plays a state championship game this weekend. Uh, there's talks of him making another announcement this week. But, however, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't talked to Johnny. He's also changed his plan the last two weekends. So if he did change again, it wouldn't surprise me. Now, um, you know, real quick, I, I've heard you say several times this year, Ohio State has done a great job of recruiting him. Tell yeah. me specifically what you mean by that. Well, they've, 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 I mean, I think from a marketing standpoint, they've done a really good job with Johnny, and they're doing it with some of their players where, you know, I saw on Twitter today, Stephen Collier, he's a quarterback uh, out of Georgia committed. You know, Ohio State sent them, you know, sent him mail with him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I know they've done that with Johnny. There's just a lot of things that I think Johnny's liked about how they've recruited him and how they've approached him and how they've kind of coveted him as a top player in the state of Florida, kind of selling you can come up there and be, you know, pretty similar to a guy like Chris Gamble at a Dillard. So they've done a really good job with him. I think that in the beginning, you know, even Gary with you and I knowing in the summer in June, he was all Miami, and then he got to see some of these places up close and they've done a really good job staying on him. And I think Ohio State's done pretty much the best job at that, if you had to ask me out of, out of those three schools. All right, Dalvin Cook. You know, you know, everyone knows about all the drama there. 
committed to Florida, <laughs> most likely flipping to Florida State. Miami trying to make a late charge here. Had him in for an official visit last weekend. Grandma right. Cook, you know, in the, in the middle in the middle of the show, and uh, everyone on Canesport got to read about that. I thought it was one of the more entertaining recruiting stories of the year. Oh yeah, it, it is, and it's that time of year. I mean, these things are going to happen. There's kids are going to be don't they don't want to pick up the phone. They really want to make this the biggest decision of their adult life. And you and you see that with Dalvin having his mom take phone calls and uh, talk to a reporter. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a little a little comedic, but at the same time, I just think at that time of year, these kids are just you know trying to make this hard decision, and it's it's a little tough on them, you know. And then in regards to Dalvin in the process, I, I, I pretty much I'm pretty much with you on that, Gary. I think it's for say uh, the slight lead, Miami right there, uh, making their making a late charge. He's still committed there, you know. Until then, you still have to consider them a major factor and a major player. And then you you go on Twitter today and you look at the dozen coaches that are at his practice. Texas and Mac Brown, who who's resigning according to Orange Blood reports, um, which was stepping down this week. He's there trying to recruit Dalvin. Um, and Dalvin Arch took an official visit to Texas this year. Arkansas was there. South Florida was there. LSU was there. Everybody's trying to get in late, but I still think it's that three-headed monster Florida State, Miami, and Florida with him. Does do you think Miami has a chance to? To get him away from, you know, I, I think it's Miami or Florida State. Um, in fact, yes, pretty I, much. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I pretty much know it's Miami and Florida State. My sources are good enough there in multiple places. Um, right. Can Miami get him away from the Seminoles? I think they can. I just think they need to continue to do what they're doing. I mean, even the whole process with Dalvin. You know, if you even go to Rivals.com and his player profile page and every video interview I've done with them or every article, his message was the same when he's committed to Florida. Schools that, need, schools that are interested in me continue to recruit me hard, and I'll listen. And I think Miami's done probably the best job at that over these last few weeks because of their acceptance. You mean like going it. to his house? You mean going to his yeah. house and, just, and, and visiting grandma every night? <laughs> She didn't go on his visit. She said, I've seen all I need to see of the Miami coaches. <laughs> sure, absolutely. And I, I think that's what you that's what you want to do. And, you know, for the grandma and, you know, for Dalvin, who you know, is getting bogged down with this process, he's the one that signed the financial aid agreements with the three schools, giving them, you know, unlimited contact during this this period before the dead period. So, um you know that was up to him. I think he, he if he didn't want to sign that and have these unlimited you know unlimited contact with these coaches, then you know he probably shouldn't have done that. So Miami's done a great job. They're accessible. So yeah, they're right there in the mix, and they're coming after him the way he phrased it. He wanted to be recruited and recruited hard. All right, let's uh, switch gears yet again to drama number three of the week: Demetrius Jackson. And um, I don't know, you know, you've been on the road. I mean, basically what happened was we spoke to Demetrius yesterday morning. He decommitted. He told us he was decommitting from Miami. Twelve hours later, we spoke to him again, and he had decided that he wasn't going to decommit, that he was recommitting, and now he's going to shut down his recruitment. Um, do you think he lives with that? Do you think he lives up to his word here and, and does shut down his recruitment? And um, You know what's been- yeah, it's Gary. That's a good. It's a good question. It's been a very interesting recruitment for a guy like Jackson. It pretty much came out of nowhere as far as uh, recruiting. You know, in football, not just he was a big time basketball player. But, you know, this summer 
he Arkansas was the first school to offer him following his spring game uh, that was released by Booker T. And there were some rumors he was a silent commitment to Arkansas. Then he goes out the Al Golden camp, performs at a high level. They like him. He decides to commit to them in the hometown school. Now, I don't think Arkansas ever gave up on him, and these other schools are trying to jump on the mix like Louisville and West Virginia. But, you know, Gary, I left on Sunday morning to come down to uh, Montgomery, Alabama. I saw Demetrius on Saturday night, got an interview with him, and, you know, he told me you know, he wants to take visits. He wasn't sure when he was going to take those visits. These are his words. The only visit, only visit he had set up was uh, January 7th to Miami with Triana and Nigel. And I said, well, what dates do you have other than that, that you want to go check out Louisville in these schools? And he said, I'm not sure. My basketball season starts on Monday. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time. So I even went on teams when some people were talking about DJ, and I said, look, don't read into it too much. And then sure enough, I was wrong 12 hours later, and as we're doing two stories on him in one night. So, you know, again, this I think he kind of holds true to his word. He committed to Miami in the summer. He's never really wavered on that until now. I think he liked the process of winning a state title, and he, he might have been on a you know a little high for himself as far as football, and maybe these schools want me here. And Arkansas was at his game, and Coach Randy Shannon was there and talking to his parents after the game. So I don't think they've given up, but at the same time, you know, I think he likes Miami. I think he likes the idea of Miami. But I also think he's a 17-year-old kid the first time going through the recruiting process. Just remember, he's had about eight months of football since the spring, so this is all very new to him. And you got a lot of people saying, you should do this, you should do that. And maybe he listened, but I think Miami, for the best fit and for him to get on the field right away as a pass rushing specialist with the team right now, it's Miami. If you had to ask me. Before I let you get back to work, uh, any other Miami recruiting tidbits that you're hearing out on the trail? Yeah, well, you know, I'm here in, in Montgomery at this Alabama Mississippi All Star Classic, and there's a three star defensive tackle here by the name of Braxton Hoyt, who committed to Mississippi State uh, about a month, month or so ago. He attended the Al Golden Summer Camp this past summer. He loves Miami. Uh, the problem with him is that he said it was, it was a little far from home, but he's committed to Mississippi State. He told me on the record that he's likely going to take a visit to Miami just to see how it is again, to see if he can get away from home from that period, of time, you know, for that distance. So keep an eye on a guy on Braxton Hoya, about a 6'3", 275-pound D tackle, good-looking kid, um, you know, committed to an SEC school. And then also keep an eye on Grant Harris. He's a three-star defensive end at Clinton, Mississippi. He's here at this game. Miami and Southern Miss are his only two official visits he has set up. He has a great relationship with Dresso Franklin as far as what he's telling me. He's another guy that can rush the pass or something Miami needs. And I think he's more open to – getting away from home, you know, Miami and Southern Miss, and Southern Miss obviously is not winning on the field. So a good visit by Miami or a good visit for Harris, for Harris down to Miami could help through the deal with him and, you know, adding another defensive end. You know, I think they're pretty solid on tackle, but adding another quality end, you know, could go a long way. So keep an eye on uh, Grant Harris and Braxton Hoya, two names I'm hearing up here in Alabama that are talking about Miami and possibly getting down there. All right, Keenan, thanks as always for calling the show, and um, you know maybe we'll do it again next Tuesday night. Sounds good. Thanks for your time, Gary. All right, man, thank you. Keenan Connerton, the Southeast Analyst for Rivals.com, joining us on Kane Sport Live. Been a regular guest the whole year. Uh, you know, I love talking to Keenan. Um, you know, he fills, kind of fills in the gaps a little bit and adds some good insight, uh, you know, working hard and staying on top of things. All right, let's uh, get back to the calls and uh, – see what you guys have on your mind here for the last 45 minutes of our show tonight. Um, I got to take a little inventory here for one second because we got a few guys on hold, but right now we are going to go right to the 305 
where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, Gary? Going good. Who's this? Uh, this is Sergio. What's up, Sergio? What you got? Uh, nothing much. Um, looking at Brad Kai, our, QB, our top QB commit as of right now. Um, I'm hearing some stuff that USC and all these other big California schools are really pursuing him. Or should we be confident in his commitment right now? Yeah, I think you should. Um, they are. They have been pursuing him. But uh, Brad Kaya has been very true to Miami from the day that he committed. Um, he continuously tells us that has not changed, that his intention is to stick with Miami. Everybody out on the West Coast tells us he's sticking with Miami. James Coley was in his house last week um, reaffirming everything. And from all we've heard and, and spoken to everybody from his high school coaches to – um, teammates and, and people out there in California, everything's still status quo. So I don't think there's any issues there. Oh, all right. That sounds good. And um, what you know what kind of style he is, like pro style or what kind of quarterback? Um, he, he's, you know, he's more pro style than anything else, but he, he moves pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to, you know, start running all over the place with him, but, you know, I would, I would compare yeah. him. Mobility-wise, probably to Stephen Morris. Yeah. All right. And for my second question, I was at the open practice on Sunday, and I was, I was looking at Standish Stobart, our tight end freshman, and, boy, he looks like a monster. Do you know anything about his future? I mean, do you know if Walford's going to leave this year? And just, yeah. I'd be shocked if Walford leaves. He shouldn't leave. He should come back. Um, I think Standish Stobart factors in – maybe the year after next. I think he needs to get in better condition, um, needs to continue improving his, his blocking. And, and when he does those two things and, and can run, run a little bit better and, and, and block a little bit better, uh, that's when he'll really start to make an impact potentially at, the, at that position. But I agree with you. He's a nice prospect. Uh, I'm not sure my opinion of him is as strong as yours, um, but I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him one day in a little bit better shape than maybe he's in right yeah. now. Yeah, he looks a little big. It's a little big, yeah. Which yeah, is what I heard about so. him coming out of high school, you know. He let himself yeah, balloon yeah. up a little bit. Probably needs to drop about 15 or 20, get himself in better yeah, condition, yeah. and you know. So for next year, you'd probably be thinking like Clyde Walford and Bill Sanders as a one-two punch, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that, Gary, and I'll be sure to call next week. All right, Serge. Thanks for the call. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go to the 732, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Gary. This is Ken from Ocean Township. What's um, up, Ken? What's up is uh, I'm much more under control this week because uh, – the way I look at it, I really don't look at recruiting too much during the course of most of the year until we get to um, late November and early December. And one of the reasons I can't pay that much attention to it, if I don't see somebody play, it's very difficult to judge. Uh, I can say this guy is better, this one. I can't. I can speak to guys in New Jersey because I get around and um, – in Jersey, and the school that won a state championship that had this uh, young fellow, uh, Jenkins and Hester, I think they're coming yep. down this weekend. Yes, yes, they are. That was a shock. That's not a powerhouse school. And uh, if 
that be this case, these guys really got to be good. Because you, when you're talking about the parochial schools, especially in North North Jersey, you are talking about a lot of good uh, a lot of good football schools. And and also when you look in New Jersey, you do not see the fanfare that you see in South Florida. Kids, they make a decision. That's it. They're not talking about I got to go to this school, this school to visit. Once they make the commitment, very rarely do you see a Jersey kid changing his mind, and it's it's a much more uh, laid-back type of situation, and we do have some good players. Um, <coughs> the quarterback situation. If I remember correctly, Al Golden over a year ago said, I won five quarterbacks on my team. Am I correct? And correct. The, uh, so, then that's what he's doing. Stockpiling, he stockpiles quarterbacks. Uh, this, the young man, Olsen, was undistinguished in his senior year. He was hurt in the beginning of the year, and really... Um, didn't show much last year, and my concern is I don't know if he's really going to be ready uh, this year to even be competing uh, with, for example, Ryan Williams for a starting position. I uh, just based it on the high school. I could be dead wrong, but uh, that's where I I would see say it. right now Ryan Williams is the huge leader in the clubhouse to be the quarterback next year. Uh, how much Olsen is able to um, be challenged will be determined in spring practice. Do you remember Frank Costa? Yep. He, that Ryan Williams reminds me, in a way, of Costa. Costa was considered nothing. He started in his senior year, and he ends up going to the uh, championship team against Nebraska. Who would have figured it? And I would almost figure that maybe uh, Ryan Williams would be almost a duplicate uh, one year to start at Miami and he might be good enough to um, tack on a nice record next year. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's what it reminds me where everybody criticized. How can we have Costa starting? He doesn't belong. Well, I guess he proved everybody wrong. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he managed the football game, and that, uh, to me, is also is, um, extremely important. Now, getting to Swafford and uh, making it to take um, Duke, I think one of the things that might have irked some people in Miami, and I, I thought about it, and I remember, remember when Bobby Bowden was leaving um, Florida State, Miami should have been in the Gator Bowl, and uh, they, in, as a matter of, uh, they so-called respect for Bowden, Miami got uh, got shafted, and Miami was the better team that year, and. Uh, that's the thing with the inconsistency. Even though Spofford was right that Duke, Duke did belong, uh, deserve to go to the game, but I think the inconsistency uh, was the thing that uh, bothered them. And one last point. Um, I've seen on Kate Wood with a number of posts, not all, talking that our defense, is in a lack of it, is in a hurt in recruiting. And I'm telling you, I have never seen it in my life where high school kids are really paying that much attention to uh, a team defense. They they see an opportunity. If they want to go to a school, they're going to go. And if they see the opportunity, how many times have you heard a youngster say, I want to start early? It's all the time. And if they see Miami, they say, hey, they need help. I want to go there. And then they this recruiting class, but apparently, I cannot believe finally Golden is able. It looks like he's able to load up on defensive linemen. 
you got to be saying to yourself, hey, maybe I can belong here. Uh, the only thing I don't see on the uh, recruiting thing, is the, it seems to be the lack of linebackers being recruited. And then I think uh, for a moment, wait a minute, you know this Quine Muhammad, he may end up being an outside linebacker next year, along with the, um, the other kid, his, his name escapes me. They could be very good on the outside, so Miami could go either 3-4, three, 4-3, four, we'll four, or a combination. And these guys, believe me, Muhammad is going to be a very good player. He should have been red-shirted, but he's going to be – he's the real deal. So yep, that, I, don't dis- I don't disagree. Great, yeah, great okay. points, Ken. Okay, right, hey, thanks a lot hey, for your time again, hey. and uh, let's go, Kane. Thanks for calling the show. Great points by Ken tonight from New Jersey. Let's go now to the uh, three five two. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? So good. Doing good. Who's this? Oh, it's Mama T. What's going on? Hey, what's up, T? Talk to us. What you got? <laughs> what's your insight on the Nafio, man? I mean, there's yeah, no way in the world no we can go through another season of that. <laughs> there is no insight. It's you, so, man. you know, they're going to the bowl game, and then now Golden will make a decision on what he's going to do with his defensive staff. And if, if I were to make a bet right now, it would be they come back. There, there's no signs that he's making any changes. If he watched what Bush did, you don't keep people around that don't get the job done, especially at a top brand school as Miami. you got to make choices, not based on friendship, based on job. You feel me? Well, you know, we don't really know what he thinks, you know, and he's not going to tell us. You know, but I'll say it again. I've said it a hundred times in the last few weeks. This is not a one-man scapegoat. Everything, all the problems on defense are solved. It's just not. There's too many this of them. About, this ain't about being no scapegoat, but if you ain't getting a job done, you ain't getting it done. And you know what? Florida State defense is as good as it is. Because Stoops took the job at Kentucky. If Pruitt didn't come in, Florida State probably would have lost two games this year. It's all about personnel up under the head coach. You know what? That's funny you say that. I don't disagree with you. I think Pruitt's done a great job there. Look, listen, coaching is huge. No argument. Coaching Absolutely. is huge. But I think that the problems at Miami right now are more than just coaching. I think they have personnel problems. Um, I think they have development problems. I think they have game preparation problems. And that's before you even get the scheme. And I just, you know, what the solution is, I don't know. You know, that's our Golden's job to figure it out. I think some of it is you don't give somebody a job. I don't think you give anybody a job. You make them earn it. And Golden gave well, it's everybody tough. a job. You know, from it's the, from it's the, very from tough the, to have a friend. It, it, to have a friend working for you is very difficult, in my opinion. And, I'm not you know, one thing, saying the coaches. I'm saying the players, I mean, too. He gave no, Morris a job. He gave Morris yeah. a job. When Morris wasn't getting the job done, he did not make any moves. When he continues well, to hurt the team and punish he's the a lo- Al Golden is a loyal guy, man. He is a loyal guy. And you're right. And, 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 and whether to take Stephen Morris off the field, uh, I'm sure was discussed more than one time in that staff meeting room. And Al Golden makes that decision, and he decided he's letting Stephen Morris have his senior year. And and he, he is a loyal guy, and, and, and I don't think it's going to be any different with the guys working for him. And, you know, to me, something I learned or, or I feel I learned very, you know, a long time ago in my life is you don't go into business with friends. 
because it's too complicated and and there's too many no, issues no, that can arise. No, it's not. You're not gonna take food out of my mouth if you ain't getting the right. job done. You, right. That's gonna, what I'm saying. You, but it's hard. Get, it's hard to go into business with your friends. You know, it it, it just is, and you know. He's in a tough spot, you know, and Mark D'Onofrio is a great guy, man. This is a really high-quality human being. I mean, he's got a family. He's got kids that are in school that are playing on youth league team and things like that. I mean, on and on. You can go on and on and on. I mean, he's got a life that's entrenched in South Florida, and he turned down a head coaching job. Wait, let me finish. He turned down a head coaching job to come here with Golden. I mean, how do you just throw that guy out on the street? I mean, it's it's a hard deal. Not out on the street. Gary, I don't care. If you buy a car and it don't run, you're going to take it back. It don't matter how much you like it. If it don't run, you take it back. You get well, rid of it. You, you got to get to work way, every day. Let me put it to you this way. The personnel on the defensive side of the football is bad enough to where a head coach would not have a hard time convincing himself that he doesn't need to make those moves. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, I'll give it's, you that. Okay, we'll leave it be. I mean, it, it, it would not Denofio be hard. Is your friend. is your friend, so you're going to protect No, but even Why beyond that, even beyond that, the personnel is so bad on that side of the ball right now that Al Golden would not have a difficult time convincing himself that it's not just his coaches. I don't, I don't think it's all coaching. I think 50% was Denofrio, 50% was Mars. When Morris got hurt, he was more worried about his NFL career than winning at Miami. And you can see the way he was playing, throwing balls away, not scrambling, not trying to make plays. You can see it. And if you see that, how can you – you know what? He's loyal. But you know who ain't loyal to Miami? The fans. So you're going to make a move or the fans are going to make a move for you. That's, that's well, been known throughout time. You know, I don't know if, if you're at that point yet. You know, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a. That's the, the only. I don't think games. The last couple of games where they were come on, Miami fans are unloyal. Nobody showed up at the game. Nobody watches a loser. And I drive yeah. from Orlando, season tickets, and I know I I give up my season tickets before I drive down there to watch. You be loyal to somebody you know ain't getting a job done. Nah, that's crazy. Well, you know, we'll see. You know, it's obviously the. Uh, Topic of the hour of the last month, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, right, hey, thank you, thank you so much for calling us. All right, um, no doubt, yeah. check in, check in again um, next week. All right, let's see. Let's go now to the um, let's go to the five six one where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? Man, you guys got a great website. I, I'm checking on it every day. So, thank you, man. Um, we appreciate that. I'm glad yeah, somebody I, is because man, we work hard. <laughs> so, so it's, it's good that somebody's checking it <laughs> yeah well, it's fun especially around this time of, of year yeah it um, really is it is fun you know we lose like recruits all the time and people are always on the boards and they're always saying you know they'll put the team's name in money and say oh it's because of you know basically you know you follow recruiting pretty big I don't know what your feeling is like how much of, of these recruits are just you don't have to name any specific teams or anything but like, how much of this do you think is just, like, they're just paying, paying players to come to the school? I, I think sometimes that's, that is a factor. But I also think that people in South Florida have a tendency to think exactly. that every kid should just – well, they think every kid should just go to Miami just because they're from South Florida. And some of these yeah. kids just want to get away, you know. 
some of these, you know, yeah. sometimes they just want to get out of town and uh, and experience something different. So different. What, what do you, you know, if you had to put like a percentage in it though, like say like high level guys, do you think it's like 50, 60, or maybe even low, like 10% where it's just straight up, hey, you know, give me a money bag and I'll go, you know, like what, it's if you had to put like a percentage. It's, I can't put a percentage on it. I mean, yeah. but it ha- it's happening in some situations, but I think to say it's happening in all of them is a cop out. You know, that's that's not the case. I think I think in some cases other schools are doing a good job of recruiting. I think in some, you know, the kids just want to get out of town. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't think it goes on as much as people uh, are saying. But And, you know, the other thing I was thinking of is, uh, like, I know there's not a whole lot of talent on the defense. There's a lot of talent on the offense. Do you think that Miami is putting – do you think that they put, like, when they get a really high-skill-level guy, like, say, like a, a Lockhart, remember the receiver, or even, like – they're bringing in uh, Griffin and um, who's that other guy? I don't know if they're putting all these high-level athletes on the defense. Maybe they're trying. Like, who is this guy who's out in the bad test score that's going to come in? Uh, uh, Derek Griffin? Oh, no, Lock- Derek Griffin's yeah. another one. Yeah. But well, either one Derek of those guys, Griffin is we have enough tight ends, you know? Like, even well, Derek Griffin would like, strictly be enough. an offensive guy. But, but Lockley would go to defense. God, Lockley would so. probably go to linebacker. Well, they're probably saying be he's going to be like, they're saying he's gonna be a tight end. I I don't I I mean, obviously I don't know for sure he could go either way, but I'm guessing remember that he would the, go. Remember the kid from Virginia? Derek Griffin Virginia? would go to tight end, probably or receiver. I wouldn't put I would put all those freaky big athletes on defense. That's what I would do personally. Well, they got to be able to play defense, you know. Yeah. Well, what about Not Robert Lockhart? But look, they did they, they did that with Corn Elder this year. They put Corn Elder on defense. Thank God. Well, they need he, I mean, he's dynamic yeah. with the ball in hands, you know, but they yeah, have other guys. That's a good point, yeah. Yep. So. All right, anything else tonight? Right. No, no, just leave me on hold because the app's, app's broken. I'll listen to you on the phone. So. All right, man, thanks for calling. Give us a call right. again. All right, let's go now to the 850 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? All right, let's go now to the um, the seven eight six where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's Gary. this? Yes, sir. This Who's this? Dick. This is this is the subscriber Dex Mill. You remember me? Yeah. What's up, Dex? What's going on? I got a few topics I want to talk to you about. I'm sure your listeners are going to find this interesting. Okay. Since we're playing, since we're playing Louisville. Coming up this uh, coming up in this bowl game, and uh, we gotta take down that mountain of a football player named Teddy Bridgewater. Let me tell the fans exactly what happened and why Teddy isn't here. As we as we all know, Teddy had first committed to Miami when Randy was here. When Randy left, people thought that Teddy said, "Okay, well I'm leaving too," but that's not what happened. And this is what happened. When Al Golden came down last, I think it was about two weeks ago, I told you about. The running back up in use after in Central Florida on why he left. Golden came down with that hard line stance. And this is what Golden I quote, this is what he told Teddy. He said, uh, Teddy, you think you can play quarterback for me? Teddy said, Yeah. Al said, uh, well Teddy, I don't think you're tall enough to play quarterback. I don't know why he said that. I don't think you're tall enough All right, to play wait, quarterback. Wait, wait, slow down. Stop, 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 stop. 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 No, let one me, minute, one minute. Teddy. I'm gonna let you go. Let I'm gonna let you continue. Teddy. No, I'm let going to. I just, I just have a quick question. Teddy Bridgewater, isn't he? Wait, I'm going to let you finish. Just give me one sec. I'm going to. I just have a question. 
He's six four. He's not six four. He's six three. But let me, but Gary, I understand. All right, go ahead. Let me Keep going. Finish. Let me finish, and I'll tell you why Golden said that. Go ahead. And then after that, Al told. And then hold on, I didn't wake up in the morning and, and concoct this story. I didn't hear it from he say she say. I'm gonna tell you some more things about this recruiting thing and stuff that you gonna understand. I'm in these streets, Gary. I don't know these people's parents. I know these boys from on the parks all the way up. I talk to these boys still to this day. Now let me finish my story. So Go ahead. when Al told that, so, so I just Al wanted to clarify me, the height thing because I think he's six four. He's six three, but no, no matter how tall he is, he's more than tall enough to play quarterback. But that's not the point. What Golden was getting at. Remember, Golden is a psychologist of sorts. So he wasn't saying that you're just not tall enough. He's taller than Stephen Morris. But this is what Golden was alluding to. So after that, Golden told him. Golden said, "Uh, you ever thought about playing receiver? You're a hell of an athlete. I seen what you did out there in Oregon." Basically, Golden seen Teddy play receiver because everybody knows Teddy was a hell of an athlete. People had always said that Ted, Teddy can go and play safety or receiver and be just as good. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't know if Golden, when he came down, when he looked at Teddy, he felt the same way. But whatever his feelings were, when he told Teddy, listen, I don't think you can play quarterback in my system. I think you'll be a great receiver, though. When he told Teddy that, that's what, that was what made Teddy say, you know what, screw this, I'm out of here. The same thing that made Storm Johnson when, when Al came. Let me tell you something. When Storm Johnson left University of Miami, Al blocked him from 27 schools that he couldn't go to. The reason Storm Johnson left, and, I'm a, and this is not from I woke up in the morning and thought of this, the reason Storm Johnson left is because Al started telling him, well, I don't think you're going to start because Al wanted Storm Johnson to turn in anybody on the team who was, quote, unquote, a bad guy. And Storm said, I ain't doing that. I don't know what you're talking about. And so when, go, when, he told, when, when Storm told Al that, Al uh, uh, fired back and said, "Well, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know where you're gonna line up on the depth chart." Okay, you so don't think that the, you don't think smoking weed? You don't think smoking weed in the dorms had anything to do with you know, that? I think I think the fact that the I university think, found all kinds of drug paraphernalia and stuff. You don't me, think that had anything to do with it? This is what I think. I think that Al. I think that Al came in and he should have he should have took the Jimmy Johnson approach. He should have t- took the approach of depending on the kind of player, depending on how I handle it. Listen, man. I'm not, of course I don't think weed smoking is right, Gary. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he could have handled the situation different, maybe corrected the kid, maybe helped the kid out so that, that, so that way, number one, the kid's life is in order. Number two, What if it was out of his kid. hands? What if the kid failed so many, what if he failed so many drug tests that they I'm had on him go? He did not, he didn't. That's not what happened. I just told you what happened. Now, whether you want to accept it or not, that's up to you, Gary. How do you, you know how many drug tests he, he, fa- he failed or didn't fail? Man, because that's my kid. That's my kid. Storm? Personally. Man. Wait, are you tight with Storm? I'm, 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 I'm going to clarify for you. Not my biological kid, but that's my kid. That's but my I mean, you're kid tight I with him? Every single day. Every day. Any? I talk to Teddy's mother. I Listen, I talk to Teddy's mother once a week. Ms. Rose. I talk to Ms. Rose once a week. Hold on, let me tell you another story. Dalvin Cook's grandmother, right? Dalvin Cook's grandmother, I know Payne said that. Dalvin Cook's grandmother, Dalvin wants to go to my. Dalvin is slightly leaner than Miami. I'll say it's 5149 Miami. His grandmother is in love with Jimbo Fisher. I said, Miss Betty, why are you. I seen her, I seen her at, the, uh, at the Central game uh, uh, this, this, past, this past weekend down there, Trash College against Mainland. I said, Miss Betty, why do you like Florida State so much? He need to go to Miami. His brother down there. Miss Betty say, 
when Jimbo came to my house, Jimbo was the only coach that told Dalvin, Dalvin, I'm not going to promise you that you can start. I'm going to promise you this. If you come to Florida State and you do what I've seen Dalvin can do, then you got a good chance to play. But if you don't do what Dalvin can do, I don't know what to tell you. Miss Betty said that Al sounds like a salesman to her. Man, just, I'm, just, I'm just throwing out now. This is not, you know, in the indictment on Al Golden on this particular situation. The case with Teddy and Storm is an indictment on Al. And the reason I'm talking about Al is because I told you two weeks ago, Gary, Al is a great man. I don't even say great. Al's a good person. I really like Al. I love some of the things he's done. I couldn't stand Randy. I couldn't stand Larry Coker. I look, but I'm going to tell you, Al is not a fit here. And it goes back, now I'm going to tie this thing up and I'm going to hang up. I'm going to tie it up with what I'm talking about. It goes back to the defense. What I mean by that is his, his, his philosophy, his, his, his way of culture, his way of thinking does not fit Miami. It doesn't make him bad. It doesn't make him any less of a coach. It just does not fit. And you have to look at the small things in order to see what the big thing is that's coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm looking at these recruits, Gary. I'm looking at these recruits. This is another thing I want to ask you about. Why are we recruiting the kids out of Alabama when nobody in Alabama is recruiting them like Auburn and Alabama? Why are we recruiting the kid out of Georgia when Georgia, Georgia Tech, none of those other schools are recruiting them? Why are we recruiting, uh, let me see, uh, Dennis Turner when no one is recruiting this kid? Why are we recruiting Jawan Young from Georgia when none of the big schools in the SEC are recruiting them? Why are we recruiting, let me see another one on this list, Cornell Jenkins out of New Jersey when none of the Big Ten or, 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 or the SEC powers are recruiting them? Why are we bringing in this kid, Ryan Lockley, as another project, just like the other kid from Virginia, like the kid from Bureau Beach? Why, why did we recruit the big lineman from Ohio when Ohio State didn't offer him? My point is, what does Al want us to be? He wants us to, us to compete with Southern Miss, to, with South Florida, Central Florida, and then we're trying to run a big boy defense where you have to have monsters defensive linemen, monsters, right? And then you have to have big linebackers. Everybody knows our recruiting base doesn't produce that. So why are we recruiting like that? <laughs> Obviously, you know, they have their reasons for doing it, and, and they like those kids. I understand what you're saying. I, I, do understand, I do get – trust me, I get what you're saying. And you're, you've been around goes, 30 years, Gary. You've been around 30 years, Gary. Stop putting your tail between your legs. No, 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 no. Slow say, down. I've this, been the first one this year to say recruiting – Selection is part of the problem on defense. They've been picking the what, wrong players. I'm going to tell you what I thought was so profound. And, and, and they can't blame Randy for all of it. No, no. Randy's out of this thing. I'm, I'm going to tell you something that was so profound. And, and I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago when I called you. When Al seen, uh, it was a few weeks back, Al seen uh, Stanford was playing Oregon, and he tweeted he wanted his team to look like that. And I said to myself, wow, how in the hell – are you going to get your team to look like that in South Florida? Not impossible, but going to be difficult, very difficult. Why not tweet when Florida State kicking the shit out of Clemson or kicking the shit out of whoever, say, hey, I want my team to look like that? Because that's our recruiting base. Florida State had the number one defense in the country this year, and they ran a 4-3, the same defense Miami's always run. Just don't get it, Gary. All right, look, you make great points. I, I don't I agree don't with everything you said, but I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I, I, I do think Storm Johnson, <laughs> you know, did did fail more than one drug test, and, and you know, Gary, and, and, and there was stuff, Gary, that, you know, but Gary, what? 
This is yeah. what happened with Storm. When Al came here, Al got word from people on the team that Storm Johnson, Centrell Henderson, Kel, uh, Kelvin Kane, a couple other guys were weed smokers, right? When Al got that word, he was trying to weed out what he thought were the bad eye apples. Okay, can't can't. can't well, do you blame him? Can't, I just said I can't blame him for that. But let me let, 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 let me go on. Okay, after that, Al went to Storm, and Al asked Storm if he would basically rat out anybody and everybody that he wanted him to. Storm said, I don't know what you're talking about. Storm had only messed up on one test, but he told, but, but Storm told Al that I'm good to go, I'm clean, I'll do what you ask me to do. But when Al, when Al persistently asked Storm to, to you know, be, be his police officer, Storm said no. And then Al started playing a little mind games that sometimes college coaches play about playing time. When he started playing that mind game about playing time, Storm's life flashed before his eyes. Storm told me, I'm leaving. I say, no, Storm, please don't leave. Don't leave. Storm talked to his father in Georgia. His father told him not to leave. But Storm told his father in Georgia. He didn't have a choice. This guy, they, they made him leave. They, Come on, no, you don't have the whole story. No, they did, no, no, they did not make him leave. They wanted him, after Storm told Al he was leaving, Al begged him not to leave. And Storm right, said, I gotta, uh-uh. I, I got to stop you now because I don't think you have the whole You don't listen. I know your intentions are good, but you don't have the whole story. You don't have the whole story. Let me ask you some, Gary. Some Gary. Yeah. Did Al tell you what happened? Did Al tell you personally what happened? I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get you know, into my, no, who, who told so me. What, Al, I, listen, I just know that Storm Al Johnson you, was forced to leave. He was happened? forced to leave Miami. He, he didn't have a choice. I ain't, I ain't asking you that, Gary. I'm asking you a question. Did Al personally tell you what happened? No. Storm personally told me what happened. Now, what we yeah, but that doesn't mean he's telling you the truth. He ain't got... He ain't got a reason to lie to me. It didn't matter one way or the other. It was no good or All right. bad. It wasn't. No All right, who cares? He's been gone for three years. Let's not waste any more time talking about Storm Johnson. Um, I'm listen, hey, Gary, Gary, you made Gary, great points. Point. Great points. Gary, Gary, I'm gonna hang up. My point is not Storm. My point is I'm trying to let you understand Al's philosophy. Get inside his brain and let you understand he does not fit. He's no different than any head coach. Him. They have their philosophy and and that's what they build their career on, and they're either successful or not. And hey, Al Golden, he wanted, listen, he wanted to year four. Okay, this is year four say, now I'll, next I'll, year. Okay? Nothing, year four, and ain't nothing improved. Nothing at all. I'm going to stay on the phone and listen, man. All right, man. Hey, thanks for calling. Give us a call again next week. You made some great points. I don't agree with all of it, but it's, you know, I don't have to. It doesn't matter. That's why we have the show for everybody to give their opinions. And now let's go to the 305 and get some more opinions. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing good. Let me guess, Robert, well, right? That's me. Wow, my my <laughs> mind's a little boggled after no, that you last call. Distinct, I mean, going... you, got, you got that distinctive voice. I can I can uh, tell. What's up, man? Is that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> it's a good. It's a great. It's a great thing. All right, all right. Oh, well, you know, I wanted to change it up a little bit. You know, maybe you know uh, to the coaching aspect. I think a college football coach could probably be the worst job in America. Not <laughs> a high-paying job in America. Oh, I it mean, is. Worse than the NFL. It's, do you, it's do you agree? Would it be worse than an NFL job? Yeah, it's terrible. It's like they go from one season to the next. They're both a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, how would you like to be Michael Barrow trying to recruit um, Dalvin Cook and and the, and all these kids in Miami and and going crazy and Ermin Lane, who's supposed to be your relative, who's you know giving you a heart? I mean, oh my God. I mean, it's it's awful. And you know what? As 
as much as I hate Urban Meyer, and it did make my weekend to see him lose Saturday night, he could be one of the smarter guys in America. He left University of Florida, the recruiting aspect of the, the South, the wild, wild West, trying to keep these kids in order while they're killing people, smoking pot. I mean, with the whole recruiting aspect, gets to go to the Big Ten, gets to deal with kids that are born and raised to love Ohio State. If they're committed, 90% of these kids, 95% of the kids are going to just stay committed to Ohio State. He gets to cherry pick down, down south. If you watch that game Saturday night, who were their best players? You had Ryan Chazier making plays. You had that guy Howerman making plays. Joey Boza. Not, you know, not really, you know, no real competition out there. And probably will win the Big Ten if he stays. It's probably well, I'm not going to stay there 10 years, but will win the Big Ten eight out of 10 years and probably will pay for a championship, I would say. I mean, a, a few times, would you agree, with probably half the, half the work that he would have to do if he was at Florida. <laughs> it seems that way. It, it, it's logical. I mean, I, mean, it's, I mean, who would want to deal with this? And in the reverse, in the reverse aspect, and I know it's you know, just trying to change it up. Everyone keeps talking about Fire D'Onofrio, Where's Dalvin Cook going? Just trying to, you know, get a little different aspect. Why would Brett Bielema leave Wisconsin, where he's the second best team in the Big in the Big Ten? Probably gets to play for a Rose Bowl one out of every three years. They have their little thing with the Big Ten that you know we're not going to recruit your guys. Their little handshake thing, which <laughs> is not uh, does not happen down here, as we very well know that. That was before go, Urban came into the league. <laughs> exactly, but then to go to Arkansas where you're at best, what's the best that Arkansas is going to do in the SEC? Maybe have one good year where they're maybe no, they, could be a top they, right? I mean, They think they can get the seven wins next year. They, exactly. But to go from Wisconsin, which is a, you oh, know, I a, a very I, – I mean, I, mean I, I, I can't see it. Why would he – why would you ever do that? What, Brett Bielema is going to try to cherry-pick Miami. There are three-star kids and with on the back of Randy Shannon. They, he's going to be their savior and recruit. South Florida, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, Denver, Denver Kirkland might be a freshman All-American. Denver Kirkland had a great year up there. And so did right. Um, right. Alex, so did Alex Collins. Collins. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm just saying for the longevity of the job. I mean, what, I mean, why would you ever stupidity. do that to yourself? Because you're stupid. Um, uh, people make dumb moves. Um, just, uh, you know, just let's see, on the recruiting front, uh, <laughs> you know, if you ever want to hear some Teddy Bridgewater stories, I, you know, I'm sure we could uh, – Exchange them another time. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess I, you know, I have no insight with Johnny Dixon, but when was the last time a Dwyer kid ever played for Miami? I mean, let's, let's, yep. I think that could be a good indicator. Great uh, point. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Dalvin Cook looks like that's coming down to a, uh, you know, some type of <laughs> one of the classic Miami um, recruiting stories. Maybe could we leave it at that one and call it a, yep. call it a good week? Yep, All I right, agree. So Gary, well. Just wanted to hey, check man. in with you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for checking in. Do it again next week. All right. Always, Have always a love when you call. See you soon. All right, let's go now to the um, 813, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, this is Andre again. I'm posting on hold. Oh, okay. You're back on hold. All right, let's go now to um, the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you there? All right, call back. Uh, let's try the um, – I'm having a cross-check here. i got so many people on hold. Uh, let's go 786. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing? 
Doing good. Who's this? Joe. What's up, Joe? What you got? Uh, I think we'll get it together next year. We'll be ready. A little more experience. Get us a couple of D-linemen. Call, call some plays for the tight end. Other than the play-action bootleg. And we'll, we'll be all right. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think next year is going to be a little bit of a challenge, but we'll see. We'll see how the team comes together in the spring. Yeah, they are. We, we really don't need those. We don't need them to take care of business or whatever. We don't really need them back. We need to get us a couple of nice safeties back there to make it happen. A couple of Sean Taylor or whatever, Ed Reed or something. Make it happen. That's, that's about it. All right. That's all you got tonight? Yeah, that's all I got. All right, Joe. Give us a call next week. All right, let's go next to the um, – let's go to the 850 again. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? All right, call back. Uh, next, let's go to the 225 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Go now to the um, – let's see. He's already been on – Let's try the uh, 813, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Jared, I'm still on hold. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting a little confused. I'm getting a little confused oh. here from, from everybody I got on hold. <laughs> All right, let's take some more inventory. Um, let's try the uh, 573. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? All right, um, let's do the the five one five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Well, Gary, I wasn't uh, I wasn't going to talk, but you're kind of struggling here a little bit. Uh, I just got answering. so many guys so, on. No, I got I got so many guys on hold. I got to keep looking at my list of who's on hold and cross checking well, the board. <laughs> I, I think the problem is when we call into the show, even though we don't hit one to get put in the queue, it it's puts us in the queue, queue. anyway. All right. Well, we're we're good. Yeah. Go ahead. What you got? What you got tonight? Well, I, I I dialed in a little bit late, but uh, you know I'm sure you probably already hashed and rehashed the Demetrius Jackson situation. Um, if you haven't, uh, you mind uh, telling us what you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll give you a quick synopsis. We did talk about it earlier, but I can do it quick. Uh, basically, uh, we spoke to him yesterday morning, and he told us at that time that he was decommitting from Miami. Uh, so we reported that, took him off the commit list. My guess is that created a, a riot. And um, at some point over the next 12 hours, he had changed his mind and was not going to decommit anymore and was recommitting and was going to shut down his recruitment. So that's where it stands now. He's 100% in the Miami camp. I did also speak to his sister today, who's kind of like trying to help be a a mentor to him and help him through this process. And uh, she basically echoed what he said, that this is it, that he's not going to be taking any more visits, not going to be doing any more recruiting calls or anything like that. He's going to Miami. So that's where it stands. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, What about Chad Thomas? Do we have anything to worry about with him and his visits? Well, you know, I, I think that all the biggies are still coming after him. So I, I think, as they should, uh, he's a great player, and, and and you know, but I would say, yeah, you do have something to worry about. Anytime a kid is taking visits and is still in play, 
you have something to worry about. And, you know, I think Miami will continue to do their due diligence there and they'll, you know, and hopefully at the end of the day, they'll be fine. But uh, when kids are taking visits and talking to other schools, yes, you always have something to worry about. Chad Thomas is just a good enough player and a high profile enough recruit that he can get away with that. Some of them can't. I wouldn't suggest Nigel Bethel. I wouldn't recommend Nigel Bethel keep doing it. Let's put it that way. I hear what you're saying. No need to go further on that one. Uh, Last question, then you can put me on hold. I saw um, Trent Harris signed his papers today. Uh, He wasn't somebody that you guys had on the list uh, as an an EEE. Is that a a bit of a surprise? I don't know. Let me pull my EEE list. There's so many of them. I got to refer to my notes here um, as to whether or not – we expected him to be an EE or not. Um, no, you're. I mean, you're right. We weren't sure on that one. So if you're telling me he signed his papers, that means must mean he's going to be an EE, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the great thing. Maybe maybe a little bit of an overlooked thing with the those signing papers. They can't. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I understand is they can't sign them until the school has confirmed that they're qualified. I think that's correct. So we've got. I think six guys that have signed papers. Uh, to me, that means we got six guys of the nine that you know are confirmed EEs that are qualified, which is a great thing given our issue with getting guys qualified lately. Mm-hmm. That's positive. The more guys you can get in early, the better. All right, that's all I had. All right, all right, man. Thanks Put for me on hold. Give us, I will give us Thank a shout uh, next week. Um, let's go to the um, let's go to the seven eight six where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, how you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? All right, this is Pete. I called you last week, bro. Hey, Listen, what's up, Pete? Gary, you're a little sharper than that. If you believe anything that Storm Johnson, so-called expert slash wannabe street agent, had to tell you, I got some swamp land out there to sell you, man. You know I what didn't you believe asked, of it. What you should have asked him, was he the same street agent that dropped the dime on Bobby Washington when Bobby Washington was going to the U, but they snitched on him and said he had somebody to take his SATs. That's what you should have got. You should have asked him and seen what his response is. I know his voice. I know who he is. He's a fraud, man. You understand what I'm saying? That's the problem with this Miami recruiting stuff. Everybody want to be everybody. Everybody claims they know everybody. Leave this thing to these kids, let these kids have their time in the sun to do. Gary, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 1992 graduate of Miami Palmetto, okay? I'm a, I was part of the, the class that put Miami Palmetto back on the map. I came out with Rohan Marley, Gary L. Banks, Alan Campos, and a few other guys that went D1 from my school. I know a lot of these cats here in the mix, Gary. By the way, I ended up going to IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, class of 96. I was I was recruited by Dennis Erickson, but I didn't qualify. So instead of me and Tony Gator made a pact that we were going to go to school together. But uh, I, I I didn't want to go to L.A. to a junior college, so I ended up going inside with the, the number at the time was the number one D two school in the country. <clears throat> and um, Tony Gator ended up going to L.A. and he ended up coming back to U.M. two years later. That was my best friend in high school, even though he went to Killian, I went to Palmetto. But yeah, that, that that that's what I. What, what irks me, I was not planning on calling you tonight, but when I heard this guy on the air and he talking that he know. Now, let me ask you one question. 
How could he be Storm Johnson's dad? He in Miami, Storm Johnson from Georgia. No, no, he was. He said he didn't mean. <laughs> no, he said he didn't mean like his biological Jerry, dad. If I, could, if I, I was screaming so hard, hey, in the phone, I'm pretty sure you heard me. No, I thought he made a few good points, but but he wasn't right on a lot of what he was saying. But you know, but, but I got his point. I got his point. I got some of his points where he went to talking recruiting as far as we recruiting kids out of state that aren't being recruiting that aren't being recruited by the college. And I can understand that. But when he started talking about he spoke to this person, grandma, and this person, aunt. Come on, man. This is the same wannabe street agent that got them boys from Killian and Bobby Washington and all them jammed up. You know, he he he. I wouldn't. I I don't want to call no more names because that same person was was trying to sue Joe Rose show that more in the morning for putting him out there. Them guys are street angels, man, and you don't need to be bringing that type of foolishness. You trying to tell him Storm Johnson failed the test, but he couldn't understand that. He said he I talked he personally to Storm. <laughs> oh my God! But anyway, I just want to call him. Man, I really don't have much. I enjoyed the show, but Gary lately it's been so much negativity. I, I can understand it, but. These people need to get it through their heads. Coach D is not going nowhere. I don't understand that. You try to you explain play. it to him. You try to explain it to him. Coach D is not going nowhere. Get him well, we don't know that. You don't, we don't know that for sure. You know, we don't know. Well, I, look, I, I know I one thing. He's not going to be scapegoated. He's not getting scapegoated. I feel pretty sure Right, that. right. And he's not going to go nowhere this year, I can say. Now, Gary, with the names that you rattled off, some of those big-time D linemen, if they have to come into school, and some of them start to be put in the, you know, put in the lineup, and we still have the same problem. Then of course, but let me tell you something. I'm gonna hang up real quick. I'm gonna get off the phone, Gary. Um, uh, Desmond Howard was on Joe Rose's show today. He made a very valid point. He and um, Joe Rose clearly asked him, "What's the difference between Miami right now and Florida State now?" So what did, what what Desmond did was basically compare the 2001 Canes to the 2013 Florida State. And what he said, what he emphasized, Gary, they have difference makers on every level on defense, which makes sense. We don't have a difference maker in the secondary. We definitely don't have one at linebacker. And you automatically know if we got a a career backup from Virginia starting on our D-line, we definitely don't have one. So until we can get difference makers, not just players, difference makers at all three levels of the defense, then if, if Coach Dish can't get it done, then I'm going to be the first one to say get rid of him. But until you then, and I are I on the same man, page. I agree. Hey, hey, it's always a pleasure talking to you, Gary. All right, man. I'll call hey, you next week, buddy. You hey, got it, man. Thank you. Yeah, same to you. All right, listen, we're, um, we're on overtime now. I'm going to try to uh, get one or two more calls in here um, before we finish the show tonight. Let's start um, with the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. All right, let's try the um, 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, thanks, Gary. Oh, man, um, just waiting what you got on the line. And, yeah, just waiting on the line, listening to everything everybody's talking about. I mean, the guy that, that brought up Tom Johnson, he made some good points. Some of the stuff that he was kind of getting out of bounds. Yeah, he just went too far. You know, he went too far. He, you know, he, yeah, he, he didn't have, a, have the whole story. I had a list of stuff. Uh, I, I felt bad when he said that, you know, um, Golden wasn't a fit. I do think Golden is being stubborn. Hopefully his best friend could walk away from the job because I kind of sense that you're on the fence with trying to tell us what you really think. I think that you think No, no, that I'm telling you what I really think. I, 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 I'm like, you heard the last caller, and I totally agree with what he's saying, 
But at the same time, I don't think the coaches are blameless. I think they, there's things they could be doing better, too. I think it's everything. Yeah, I think it's huge. Think about it. when, you're, when you're telling me it's the, it's, it's the players, I agree with that because they're the one that's putting the players on the field, though. You're putting number 30 on the field. Well, they're picking them. They're picking them. Yes. Exactly, and you're bringing, them, you're bringing them to camp, and you're the one that's selecting. you got guys that you have selected out of your camp, and they're not even seeing the field at all. They're not touching the field at all. We couldn't put our safeties in for number 30, for number 22, and these are guys that you brought into the program. You can't even put some of your defensive ends in the game, and these are guys that you brought into the program. But I want to make a couple quick points. Um, uh, I'm a big Golden fan, but I think he made a mistake this year in the middle of the season when he came out and called out um, Kevin Golston and saying that he wasn't working hard. Because I think mm-hmm. that put a lot, a big downer on the entire fan base about what this kid. Remember, this was a kid that we went up to really hard. We recruited. Well, they were just trying to light a little kid. fire under him, you know. Just yeah, but I think fire. it was kind of like I think it was kind of like a calculated mistake because now everybody in the fan base is thinking that this kid is no good. We're already talking about a kid that comes from California, which I think is a good quarterback, and we're talking about he should be the one to come in and replace Williams or battle Williams. Golson, I think, you know, I think it's a, he's a good quarterback. I think he should get his shot. I just think it was a little bit of a mistake to kind of, like, put it out there that he wasn't doing the job. Yeah, I mean, I probably probably didn't need to say it. Probably, you know, probably yeah, wishes he time. had. Let me get a couple, yep. get a couple things in because I know we're doing yeah, this do quick. It, yeah, do it fast. Um, ATC, um, Gary, I've been calling you on probably three or four out of the weeks that you've been on, and I'm going to tell you right now, I, and I, you heard me speak like this before, I am not rooting for Florida State. Uh, it's not going to make the ACC look any better. I'm a Miami fan, and all this talk about we should be recruiting, we should be uh, rooting for the ACC and Florida State. That's not happening on any level with me. One last thing, Stephen Morris. I think this year his play was horrible, and horrible. I think he heard his shot. Yeah. I think he heard a shot. What do you think? The All Star game that he's going to play, and I think the fact that he didn't make the Senior Bowl. I think that's going to cost him at least. I think he's. I think he fell into the fifth round. I agree. The fact that he's playing, you know, I think that you know, and I think he uh, started the year thing. in the second or third and dropped to the fifth. Yeah, one last thing. Um, you might not agree with me on this, but I'm, I'm gonna say it. There's a lot of reasons why Florida State and your Louisville is good. They got a lot of the players that should. Everybody can't come to Miami, but three out of the four guys should be on Miami. I don't care about the, the sanctions and all that. There was some negative. I'm going to beat this dead horse. There's been some negative recruiting going on, and that's just how I feel about it. Thanks for your time. All right, man. Give us a shout next week. Um, let's see here. Let me try uh, 203. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? All right. Let me just take one last quick look here. Um, I'm going to try to fit one more call in. Um, let's look at the 305. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? Yeah, you with us? Yeah. Go ahead. What you got? This is Brad Kaya. going to be an early commit. You mean an early entry? He's trying. He's trying hard. They've never had one at his school. Uh, I'm not sure what he has to get done to be able to accomplish that, but he's trying. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. Yep. All right. Anything else? Oh, that's it. Thank you. All right, man. Give us a call next week. Um, Let's try the um, 225. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Hey, um, I don't know how I got in the queue, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and chime in anyway. Um, going back to my last point, the, uh, last week I was talking to you about uh, Al Golden. I agree with one of the other callers. They did say he was kind of stubborn. And uh, stubborn, I guess it's going to keep keep the team, you know, held hostage, so to speak, uh, because... You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> you know, I really don't. I mean, how do you call him stubborn? Uh, you know, they don't well, have the personnel on this team right yet. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, but, they but, don't. It sucks, but they don't. No, I, I know that. I know it's. I know it's. The personnel is is not that great, but it's it's one other thing that when you start looking at the defense, and and I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I mean, you can't sit here and say, well, you know, he's a good guy. He's you know, for D'Onofrio, he's a good guy. He, you know, he, you got to uproot his family, but that's all a part of the business. That's the only thing. Yeah, and and ha- has he from had me. a has he had a loaded enough gun in the three years that he's been here to 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 justify? You know, you brought him here. He gave up a head coaching job to come here. You brought him here. Has he had a loaded enough gun to justify telling him, "Listen, this isn't working out. You got to go." Uh, you know, I don't know you, about you that. Me, you, you asked me my, my opinion. Yes, he has. But let me say this, though, Gary. When he gave up the coaching job, D'Onofrio gave up the coaching job. When was that? Was that prior to leaving and coming to it Miami? Prior, or yes, during his yes. Temple, Temple offered him the head coaching job the day that Golden resigned to come to Miami. And he decided to turn that down to come be the defensive coordinator at Miami instead of being the head coach at Temple. So, so because of that, Al Golden owed him something. I don't believe no. so. I, I mean, I mean, uh, a, I don't know that you would say he owes him something. But that's but, kind of you what know, you're they're kind of, of it's kind of like it's kind of like you know you're in the trenches together. You know, like you know you you know you're you know you're you're fighting the Russians and you're in the trenches together and you know they've got drones and you've got pistols and you know you're kind of waiting till your drones show up. So that you can, you know, be on the on a level playing field with those guys, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, but but at the end of the day, Garrett, it's it's about winning. It's not a trying to it's it's not a political race. You're not trying to build, you know, friendships here. I mean, you are, but you're, you're not. Right, but replacing place. one guy is not is not going to fix it. I'm telling no, you. No, 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 no. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying just replace one guy because I think they should 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 you know get rid of probably all of them for the most part because you know when and, and this is my all or nothing. let me let because, me say this and I, and I don't want I to see you think i want to see michael barrow lose his job are you kidding me but i, really I don't see, know. i think it's, i think it's all or nothing i mean i think if you really have a problem then it's a staff problem and yeah, then you yeah. need to bring in a new guy and let him pick his guys and it, see if he could be better is. It is. It's across the board, but the thing is, if, if and I got to use Nick Saban because that's the bar. He set the bar already. So let me say this: if if there's a problem, Nick Saban is going to get rid of his his uh, so-called buddy. Well, first of all, he's not going to be his buddy. But if he was his buddy, he's going to get rid of him. I'm sorry, you know that you know we're friends, and I got to let you go because if you're going to give up 500 yards a week, I'm sorry. Well, we somebody has to go. Well, I mean, Nick Saban I, doesn't hire his friends. You don't hire your friends. Uh, that all that does is create problems for you. 
But that's exactly why, Al, that's why a lot of people are calling in and saying that, because you don't even hire your friend. That's number one. Don't hire your friend, and he hired his friend, and it's kind of backfired because, you know, he stepped up to the plate, and, and he's at a big-time program. You can do that, I guess, kind of get away with that at, at Temple, but you can't come to this, you know, a prestigious university like that and then think that you're going you're gonna to do the same thing that you did at Temple and bring that over to Miami. And, and I'm not just saying, I mean, uh, Donofrio, I'm saying that across the board, you know, with all the other coaches, and I think they're really good guys, they're nice guys, they got families, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, you need to win. And and whatever cost that is, as opposed to, I mean, legally. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So I just I just think he has to, he has to reevaluate it. And, and, I mean, one last thing, Gary, and I know I said that already, but <laughs> the recruits, the, yeah, the recruits. Go ahead, take, it, take us home. <laughs> let it me, better let be me good. It, be, it better let be me, good. Me a, <laughs> I don't know about all that, but let me say this. The recruits, every time I hear a recruit say something positive about the coaches, they're always talking about a few coaches. And that disturbs me. Number one, they're always saying the head coach, Al Golden, Al Golden, Al Golden. Or you're going to hear Coach Barrow, Barrow, Barrow. Or you're going to hear James Coley, James Coley. But you never hear Coach D'Onofrio's name when it comes to recruiting players, especially the players in South Florida. All right, I know he, you know, and I, and that may be a cultural thing, and you can probably speak more to that. But just just from my observation. It might be. I mean, he's, he's. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna put a bad product out there on the field, and you're not good at at at, at uh, recruiting, what good are you? And that's bringing it home. All right. Well, here's what I'll tell you, and then we're gonna then we're gonna go to sleep. Um, when he came here, <laughs> I spoke to several people in the industry because you know obviously I'm trying to check out who these coaches are coming, and I was told by a people that I really trust that knew Mark D'Onofrio, had worked with Mark D'Onofrio, they felt like he was a really good football coach. Now, does that mean he's a good defensive coordinator at Miami? Not necessarily. Um, Do I think that he's to blame for all the defensive problems? No. I I, I think there's way too many of them, and they're way too big for it to be the blame of one guy. Uh, I I think Al Golden's got in a tough spot, and – you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see what he, you know, what he does. I mean, right now it doesn't look like he's gonna do anything, but you know that could change after the bowl game. So we'll see. I know Crazy Dan Cilio said it best. You know, if if you, you you're gonna pay your defensive coordinator five hundred thousand, I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, that's about what he's making. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. That's the output you're gonna get. You go to these other schools like Alabama, and they pay them a million dollars. You get a million dollar output. You you get what you pay for. Think about that. Yeah, to a, to a degree, five hundred thousand is more than Miami's ever paid for a for an assistant coach. I know, and, and that's underpaying them. I mean, Al Golden's coaching staff budget is much larger than what Randy Shannon's was. Much larger. I agree. I agree. But that's the, you know, and I don't want to get into the finances, but that's still underpaying him and, and the other coaches. But and and which is part of the problem which is a big problem in Miami. And a yeah. lot of people don't realize that you got you need you need the resources to become a better program. It starts there. Yep. All right, let's go to sleep. We'll we'll do it again next All right. Tuesday. All right. Hey, thanks for calling. Uh, uh, appreciate it. Uh great points. All right, man. All right. All right, guys. Great great show. 
um, another phenomenal couple hours of Kane's talk. Uh, we will have another show next Tuesday night. We'll continue it then. In the meantime, we'll see what happens in some of these recruiting battles going on. And I'm going to say good night to you and uh, go Canes.